I'm Tyler Spaghetti Wolf Dennering. I'm Connery and Uncle Jackie Hansen. <laughs> and this is the franchise. Yay. Yay. And today we're wrapping up our long adventure, or so it seems, on Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Has this been our longest franchise yet? I think so. Yeah, because Hunger Games was yeah. four, but that we had a bonus mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> right. But I think this is the longest like mainstream amount of movies that we've we've yeah. had, and uh, I'm I'm ready to move on. But before we do, Me too. <laughs> before we do, we have a very special guest to help us close out the Pirates franchise, Geronimo Moran. Hello, everyone. I'm Geronimo, and I'm joining you guys live from my bedroom in quarantine. <laughs> Yay. All beautiful. Beautiful. He is our great friend and a great editor. So true. Both of those points will allow him to give great pointers on this movie and our friendship. <laughs> and our friendship. <laughs> oh, thank you, guys. Uh, I will say this is actually my first time actually doing a podcast. <gasps> Yay! Kind, so I am... Um, <laughs> Now, very excited to be here. Uh, I am an editor. I'm not sure if I'm that good, but so far nobody has complained. So you're hey, a world class editor, Geronimo. Yeah, I follow your Twitter, and it's blowing up with how much you're like. Everyone wants me. I'm like an amazing editor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I normally don't toot my own horn when it comes to these things, but that day I told myself, I'm like, holy shit. Did I just come up with this because I started a project and I finished it? I After Effects it. I did a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff from like nothing. And then it came out looking like a million bucks. And I told myself, you know what, bitch? It's time for you to love yourself <laughs> a little. You know what? You're good. And I agree with that. You're good. This is why people pay you your rate, Yeah, bitch. I agree with that fully. I'm like, thank God Jerome's finally acknowledging he's good at his job. <laughs> I agree. That's you need, to, you need to be kind to yourself sometimes. <laughs> Ah no, I, I like I like just being doing self harm and everything. Yeah. Like being American, as opposed to me, where I'm like, oh, do I deserve this rate? Uh, how do I negotiate any kind of money? Uh, 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 Crystal castles. Uh. Crystal castles. <laughs> Crystal castles. Uh no, I uh, overall I uh, I'm very excited to do this movie. You know, I I will state what I stated earlier before mm-hmm. we even started this: the fact that I misunderstood that we're watching on Stranger Tides. <laughs> Um, and I watched that just right now. Oh, did you watch um, this one? <laughs> and, but, but I actually did. Well, I've watched okay. all of the Pirates of the Caribbean, and one of the things that I always love about just anything, even if the movie is as shitty as On Stranger Tides, <laughs> which I don't think it's that bad of a movie. I just think it was edited wrong, like a hundred percent edited mm-hmm. wrong, because it could have been better. Maybe Penelope's Cruises or Penelope, yeah, Penelope right? Cruises. That's her name. Got it. Yeah, I think she was maybe wrongfully casted. She could have been somebody else. Maybe she would have gone a different approach to it. But I think that movie could have been something completely mm-hmm. different. But it's just the way that it was edited. I'm just gonna so delete our episode from last it. week, and we'll <laughs> we'll do a double whammy right now. <laughs> Oh, oh my shit. god! Even though we, even though Why? I already put out the episode, because it sounds like, like a week ago. yeah, we'll we'll need your backwards pointers on 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 Stranger Tides too, I guess, while we will talk through this. Yeah. Okay. That's good to me. I, I and like I said, uh, Connery hit me up like, hey, let's do let's do it about this thing, and then I'm like, why do you gotta ask me about Walter Mercado? I'm like, this is totally unrelated to Pirates of the Caribbean. But okay. I didn't do that. Like, that's, Tyler that's did. <laughs> yeah, it's because we uh we we cover like recent movies like to start off sometimes in episodes like we did uh a few with jacob past and future guest mm-hmm. and uh past roommate we did one with joe of too. you <laughs> jacob padilla 
Um, wow. We did Greyhound and Old Guard with him. Love so that That's so, so cool. Yeah, I want to do some, you know, newer movies, too, before we get into the main thing that we talk about. So I guess let's we may as well get into it now. Uh, mucho, mucho more. That's the documentary idea. about uh, Walter Mercado on Netflix came out last month, I believe, in July. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I just initially reached out to you, John. I'm like, hey, do you know about this Walter Mercado guy? It seems like, I don't know, possibly maybe something you grew up with just because it seems like very, like, universal kind of, like, he's like a morning talk, mm-hmm. not talk show, but is it in the morning? Like, what's the story? Oh, sweetie. Oh, sweetie. Oh, no. You just watch, sounds to me like you just watched this documentary and then suddenly you know everything about what them. Yeah, That's I how I feel. Just kidding. No. I'm, wearing, I'm also wearing no, a pumpkin. No, well, let me, uh, let me. A puppy dress. Oh, my gosh. I lo- you know what? Ugh, pumpkins. I love pumpkins, especially pumpkin pie, pumpkin spice yeah. lattes, pumpkin, anything that pumpkin and it's gay. I love it. But uh, the thing about Walter Mercado is like when you reached out to me and you're like, Oh my god, this Walter Mercado guy. And I'm just like, how the fuck does this white boy who I met and who is my friend, who I've known for this long, how the hell does he know about Walter Pinche Mercado? <laughs> like, to me, I was just like, I was just like, what is going on uh, in this world? This is a strange Was it something I wasn't supposed to Tyler's Mercado. not allowed to grow beyond what his culture already is and learn new information. Absolutely not. How I'm dare sorry. You, Tyler. I'm sorry. I also interrupted Stop you. crossing the lines. The lines exist for a reason, sir. <laughs> But I'm kidding. You can blame no, I, Netflix. I, I, that was a total joke. So. <laughs> blame Netflix. <laughs> no, but I, I will say, though, it, it kind of, like, made me so happy that the fact that somebody um, that's that I didn't think was aware of somebody like Walter Mercado was reaching out or just asking me about this because, I'll be honest, like, I've been watching Walter Mercado since I can remember mm. since I was a child. Walter Mercado has been a significant figure in Latin American culture to the point where there were there was moments and even they I love just that documentary how they stated how much of an yeah, influence mm-hmm. he was. There was many times that we would, no matter what house we were in, it was four o'clock, it was around four thirty, four forty five, some some time. It was a very specific <laughs> minute of the hour. We know that Primer Impacto was on and in there there was the horoscope section with Walter Mercado. And everybody knew my grandma who did not like watching t- too much T V she would know when it was 435 <laughs> she would be coming down the stairs she's like put on Walter Mercado he's gonna come up in a second and I'm just like oh shit everybody come in everybody would huddle around the TV and just listen to this man and you have this beautiful man with his robes and jewels like god oh my god like, like just how beautiful he looks all the time so enchanting like a, like, like a witch like like um, not a witch but a wizard um, a sorcerer of some a warlock of some kind. and we're all there like <laughs> like oh my god everything he says totally is related I'm totally living through that right now uh, that's my horoscope this is just how my mm. life's gonna be but that's just because we uh, fanaticize him so much and we also like he spoke with love he spoke with hope and that's one thing that uh, a lot of people don't realize that Latin American culture is we're very passionate people and uh, there's a lot of harsh situations down there and as a nation in any nation that you look at uh, Latin America um, we look at that and we're always looking for a sign of hope hope whether it's through religion hope whether it's through uh, escaping or just hope just by this man telling me on TV hey this is what you're going through this your life is not out of control you have some sort of like uh, 
mystical being guarding you, telling you what to do. And that's why Walter Mercado was so influential to the point where they were calling him out on this documentary and they're saying all this stuff. I was like, oh my God, I just knew him as Walter Mercado. I never put a thought into who he was as a person. And that was just a really good documentary. It made me very happy. Yeah, yet you said all of that uh means way more than anything I could say about this documentary or Walter Mercado. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew nothing about this man going. I thought it was very interesting and compelling. I was like, wow, I, I had no idea this person existed and just the impact he's had in people's lives. I was I was I was flummoxed. Mm-hmm. There's a moment in the end where he's going through the, his like museum, his like showcase, I guess. It just looked like his life couldn't go beyond that. Like I remember watching, I was like, how do you what's left to do after you see something like this? Like all these people coming around you just saying like, you impacted me this way. Like you changed my life. You helped me through like such dark times and him just seeing his life's work, just like literally laid out in front of him. Like that's, it's so beautiful. And it was so touching to me that I was like, my only, one of my big hopes is that when we all die and are like maybe in the waiting room to get to the other side, we get to see something akin to this. So like people we love or someone who loves us, like showcasing us around and be like, these are like the best points of your life. These are the people you helped. You did good. And I, I couldn't ask for something mm-hmm. better than he, he got that. I thought it was just so amazing. And then to like, and then he passed away right after that. I was like, I was like, what an amazing way to end, end your life on. Like what yeah, an amazing note to just close the curtain and be like, I, I can, I can, it's all gonna be okay now. Yeah, I did it all. I did mm. so much like good for people. It's kind. Of, he had this like big fish ending. Mm, he totally did. <laughs> big big fish. What that is that? Drama? What the are you big, referencing? Uh, the movie Big Fish by Tim Burton. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, I think he. I, no, now I need uh, to I add think it. Like it. It's basically you. like the story about Ian McGregor plays like the younger version of this guy's dad. His dad is like old and he's like probably dying, and he just tells his whole story like of when he was young like all the things he went through and it's like very like fantastical so mm-hmm. i guess i won't spoil the ending but it is a similar kind of just final hey very much like in this movie where everyone's just celebrating his life like but it's like everybody all these like tight uh, tall tales and stuff that he's telling because he's kind of just like a storyteller and like his son doesn't believe him he thinks he's like full of crap and stuff but like all those things kind of like mm-hmm. you're not sure or not if they were true or not and i don't know i don't want to i don't want to ruin it if you haven't yeah, seen don't, it don't ruin it don't ruin it Oh, so this is one thing that a lot of people, like, I, I don't get caught. Like, if it's, I don't think a movie is ruined when somebody says, like, because to me it's like, oh, hey, you're being passionate about this movie and it made an impact to the fact that you feel like you're ruining it for somebody. The fact that you want to be like, oh, I better, I want to be cautious about it. It just tells me, holy crap, this might be a movie that I might be worthwhile while watching because somebody going to be like, ah, trust me, it's a shitty movie. I'm just going to tell you how it's end. I don't wanna, I'm not going to get it right. But if you were to tell me, like, when it comes to any movie or anything that I've seen that I I know something about, I that point my perception of the movie changes because now I come at it with an analytical a point of view, with an analytical end of, like, hey, what are they doing other than just trying to sell me a movie, trying to sell me a vision, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what movies are. Movies are visions, and the point of it is to sell it. And if you you know you've successfully sold a movie to a person, if at the end of the day they just walk away without even knowing that the fact that they just sat still, motionless for two hours, totally. yeah. you know, and and that's the like to me, it's great that you you're sharing that with me because now I'm like, great, now I want to know that Tim Tim Burton has another movie and I'm gonna go check it out and that Tyler was willing not to spoil it for me, so now I'm <laughs> yeah, it's from 
it's from like 2003 i think i i kind of just like grew up with it but uh it's definitely like one of those tim burton movies that's like it's like the second tier where it's like some people have seen it and other people like are like don't even know what that is so i just, yeah you definitely check <laughs> it out and like let me know what you think about it because I, I, I think you would like it a lot yeah i think so too there's some like magical realism going on, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we all love magical realism. <laughs> the film school term, magical realism. Magical realism. Oh, <laughs> God. Fellini, please. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Mucho, mucho more on Netflix. It's just a very fascinating documentary about a very uh, singular person. Mm-hmm. And very they well have, uh, I don't know, he has incredible wardrobe. And just did a lot of good, I guess, it seems, for a lot of people. And was just a cultural touchstone for so many people. Indeed. And you can also take a look at it as, like, he could have done... He did a lot of good, but some people took that advice too to heart. And they might have done some stupid shit down the line. I'm not... We don't know those people, right? But, you know, to him, it's always all about giving hope. It's good intentions. Um, He seemed to have a... His heart was Mm -hmm. in the right place, at least. Yeah, I guess because yeah. they talk about, like, the spiritual hotline and stuff like that, and, uh, mm-hmm. like, the dubiousness mm-hmm. of that. It's like, oh, it could just be ripping off a bunch of people. But there's also, like, a whole, like, sub thing going on in the documentary where, like, he was getting ripped off because he kind of just, like, didn't know how to handle his money and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. how much oh. did he want to, like, he probably meant well, I guess. But I guess, you know, it's a documentary about a person, so it's going to have a certain perspective that he's, like, a good person. But... It seems like he was, and it was just overall nice to, like, just see a film about a subject that, like, like nowadays that, like, seemed pretty un- unproblematic and was also, like, a trailblazer in terms of, like, how they mm-hmm. they put themselves out in the world and everything. Yeah. And, and I just love the way how, the very way how they ended it. I, I thought it was from an editing perspective, right? The way just the strung narrative was... Like, how they just brought him into that, that museum about yeah. him was just, like, to him. <laughs> it's very Walter Mercado, you know. If he's the, the, yeah, the man's wearing a robe already. <laughs> yeah. He's that type of grandest queen, so give it to him, darling, you know. There's a, so that's yeah, it. sorry. There's, there's like, a really good line uh, t- that, like, I guess he said his mom said to him when he was, like, really young. And it's just that to be different is a gift. To be normal is common. So it's, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, mm-hmm. he wasn't, like, a normal whatever, like, he wasn't like a like an average boy or whatever growing up in uh, Puerto Rico, and mm-hmm. he did have a gift and he shared it with the world instead of like hiding it. So yeah, a hundred percent. But I'm so happy you guys watched it. <laughs> I'm like, that, I didn't even know it was coming out, and you know, the moment it hit, um, the moment it hit Netflix, it, it just became because we're all in quarantine, we're all looking yeah. for new media and mm-hmm. anything just to distract ourselves, right? Um. It's the he he was he started trending on Twitter. Yeah, that's how I found out about it. It was on Twitter. Yeah, and he just like you know the, uh, what shocked me the most was the fact that I only knew him from not from this documentary. I knew him from my childhood, but I didn't know he was he started in America. I thought he was in Latin America this whole time, and then just to hear all that just just was kind of cool. It it was like wow, there's so much more to him. There's so much depth. There's so much history that nobody really paid attention mm-hmm. to, and it was overlooked and. It's beautiful to start kind of giving uh, recognition to those types of people who influence us without us noticing them back then. And one of the points in the documentary that I just wanted to talk about real quick was when they mentioned how, why was he so appealing to 
this generation? Why is Walter Mercado suddenly trending? Why is all oh, right. this happening? Uh, it's because of the type of persona he he signified. He was a male. He well, I don't know if he identified himself. I don't want to. It seemed like he he was uh, like asexual. Like he, he just. That's how he presented himself. Yes, but that's the thing. I also feel like he might have been demisexual. Demisexual in a way of, like, him loved... He loved mm. everything. He literally had love for everything. And it and demisexuality is also not, like... Like, at least I my understanding of it is it's not sexual. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, oh, like, I'm going to jack off to this <laughs> thing now. No, like, it's about internal, deep, cosmical, uh, cosmic love and attraction in a more deeper cosmic level uh deeper understanding than what we compre- we can't comprehend mm. right it's that like love that you have for oh this is my favorite shirt that to you you love that shirt but you're not attracted to the shirt you love that shirt and that is the same type of need of uh attraction that he probably had with a lot of things because he might he was he had a special mm-hmm. thing like the guy had a vision and he shared his vision with the world whether it, it, it eventually you know the man tried to capitalize on it and try to take that away from him but i'm glad he got it back oh yeah totally because yeah because i swear if he had not gotten it back in that documentary if they had not stated that he got it back oh thank you so much ah! <laughs> sorry my boyfriend just called me a michelada <laughs> right. and, you know, I, I would turn thank you um sorry i hope you edit that no out. i'll keep sorry, it in sorry about that we we um, keep bits like that well, in thanks patrick I love it, don't <laughs> They say thank you. You're welcome, sorry. Thanks for cutting my hair, um, Patrick. <laughs> He's not gonna say <laughs> He says thank you for cutting his hair. <laughs> anytime he says. Anytime. Um so just overall, like he had a gift and, and do, there's certain you notice that there's people in this earth in history that have shared that gift and have dramatically influenced like multitudes of people and he's one of them and i feel like a lot of people try to aspire to be that way but like if you don't have that calling if you don't if you don't just detach yourself from line just throw yourself into the passion because you want to make a difference in the world and you're not i don't feel like you will be picked up or recognized and i'm finally glad that he got his recognition that he needed yeah it's like if they didn't make a documentary like this and they did it at the perfect time because Spoiler, like, he, he passed away, like, before this movie came out. So they really got him at, like, the last possible moment they could get. So it's, like, a whole summation of his life. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, they, I don't know, they did a really great job. And I, I don't know how much, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda was involved. It sounded like he, like, was a producer or something because he's in it. Oh. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, he probably helped pull some strings. This is just Wikipedia, but you're talking about uh, Walter's, like, gender identity, I guess. Like, I know this is just Wikipedia, and it, maybe it was different in his personal life that he, like, didn't make public or whatever. But it says him throughout, and he defines himself as androgynous. Oh. Yeah, the primary relationship of his life mm-hmm. is with his fans. So that's what he said, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> so. But um, I'm glad he he was there. And he was a great pirate, too. <laughs> he was an excellent pirate, I heard. <laughs> he had the best wardrobe of any scallywag of the sea. Certainly better than Barbosa's. <laughs> he he would have easily fit in with any English royal yeah. court. Or with any of the magi- uh, magical witches and crafters that were shown throughout the whole Pirates franchise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, uh, the very last one, I know... I, I'm not sure. I just wanted to. I'm not sure if I'm deviating. No, you're doing perfect. It's that girl, the the bold girl. Yeah, yeah. slime witch. <laughs> the slime like, witch. Like, 
Well, she looked yeah. fierce, mm-hmm. you know. She's giving me Furiosa meets Corella Deville meets freaking I don't know my mom meets <laughs> meets my mom meets like uh, she looked fierce and I loved her. Um, that could have been but... Walter Mercado, Barbosa's old friend, Walter Mercado. I'd believe that. Yeah, and he yeah he could have been like a sorcerer that they had to like navigate to this uncharted island to me and he could have been like a mystical figure because he'd be on that boat ride to the star island with them are you kidding me (laughs) yeah he would tell them exactly what they needed to find astrologically yeah Um, 100 percent. well i guess that brings us to our main attraction Ooh. dead men tell no tales Dead men. Oh, tell no I was about tales. to whip out my titty tassels. I thought I was the main attraction. Oh. I, I mean, you can do it. It's an, <laughs> it's an audio medium. We could just say that you so have them. So twirl them hard, aggressively. Oh. <laughs> you hear a whipping sound in the background. It's just <laughs> aggressive tasseling. <laughs> aggressive tasseling. <laughs> yeah, what's your personal relationship with the Pirates movies? Because, yeah, you seem pretty down. Like, you're like, yes, I want to do Pirates 5. So I signed up for Pirates 4, I thought. Oh, no, no. Lies, lies. Let me let me just quickly go through this. So I thought we were actually talking about the fifth one. And I was like, yeah, I really like that movie. And then I don't know why I was misled. And I thought, I think Jacob either corrected me or somebody said something differently. And then they're like, oh, you really like that movie? And then I saw you made a post about how I think Jacob, I think I saw Jacob's Twitter. <laughs> Jacob tweeted. Like, I can't believe I blocked off. Yeah. Yeah, he like blocked off that movie out of his mind. And I'm the like, fourth one, yeah. Oh, that's right. That was the movie that was really long. So then mm-hmm. I thought, ah, oh, shit, did I send out for the wrong movie? Ah, oh, fuck <laughs> it. I'm going to just take the bullet by the bullet and watch it. And we watched it. And I, I just did uh, right before this, actually. Uh, and I was like, and then you guys tell me, oh, no, it's the fifth one. I'm like, yay. But at the same time, <laughs> fuck. I, so, I watched the wrong one. Wait, so did you watch Dead Man Tell No Tales? <laughs> I did. Okay, I actually okay. watched that last night, and I was pretty stoned. Okay, that's uh, fine. It's so good. <laughs> that's probably it the best so way good. to watch it, to be totally honest. Oh, absolutely. You know, I even considered being stoned for this podcast, because, you know, but I wanted to be coherent, you know, I'm, I'm, be nice. We appreciate that. I may I don't or may not either be of us are drunk either, so. Yeah, we'll have you back for mm-hmm. uh, Harold and Kumar. <laughs> Could be yeah. stoned then. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, I'll indulge with you. I'll get yeah. an edible from uh, Grayson, and, and we'll, we'll all be oh, there. Here's the next one for an idea. Uh, Cheech and Chong movies. Oh, yeah. There's oh, a, Cheech and Chong. And we should get high for that. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Let's bring Patrick along. Yeah, that's a marathon. For sure. But, yeah, like, when? what is your, like, personal relationship with the Pirates movies overall? Like, did you watch, like, the first one in theaters? Like, are you really into the a certain one or like mm-hmm. the franchise overall so i don't recall watching them in theaters i actually feel like i might have seen the fifth one in theaters but i it's been a minute it was 80 years ago since i've been to a movie theater <laughs> that oh, yeah. i can remember Same. um but um i do remember my personal relationship with the pirates of the caribbean movie is the fact that uh, my grandpa has always told us this tale that um in guatemala so backstory i'm from guatemala i was raised there and born there and i didn't come to the united states until i was 10 and i come from a family that in guatemala there was a lot of course back in the day there was a lot of colonials uh colonizers that came in all from ranging from germany from down south america we all know what the spanish did um and americans and you name it there was everything there was even french people in guatemala there's a bread that is called french bread we call it Frances, mm-hmm. and it's it's a staple. Um, and my grandpa uh, told us the story that our family lineage, we have 
pirate blood in us <gasps> because there was a lot of piracy and that comes from the Puerto de Isabel, which is in the Caribbean. So then I asked myself, wait a minute. I'm related to some pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Okay, girl. So then I started thinking about it more, and I'm like, it makes sense because my grandpa from my dad's side, his name's Pablo, I've been, I just rekindled that relationship, and I would have been talking uh, twice a oh, week wow. just Good. to talk about stuff. He has told me that he comes from a family of 56 brothers and sisters. Whoa. Um, from one dad. Whoa. So, yeah. And I'm like, hold, hold up, fuck up. Like, what? And they're like, yeah, I'm actually one of the late ones. And then I have some, I have my, uh, a couple of sisters in San Francisco. I have a couple of half brothers who live in Holland. Uh, he was telling me all this stuff. And I'm just like, Phew. I'm like, oh my gosh, you, that, that is right. There is probably You have like 56 uncles and aunts now, Geronimo. I know, which I didn't know about, which, you know, I thought I was first gen here, but I guess someone beat me to the punch. Uh, <laughs> But that's why I started looking into that. And then I started kind of like opening. Because I had seen Pirates of the Caribbean before. But it never really hit me that hard. And at that point, I kind of started watching it more. And then I became more infatuated with just the way that these movies were capable of selling us the vision of being in the Caribbean during these times. And falling in love with these goofy characters. Especially Jack Sparrow and mm-hmm. all the crazy pirate mm-hmm. stereotypes and stuff. And they sold it. They shipped it. They colored it. They everything and the visual effects and everything. And you were there just for a ride. You felt the whole time like you were in this ship. Mm-hmm. Like it was like you're it was a ride. And that's one of the things why I love these movies is escapism. It's escapism of just sitting down and you're like, I don't care about my life right now. Maybe shitty, maybe good. I am going to sit down for two hours and I'm going to live the pirate life right now. I'm going to see all this stuff. I don't care what happens. Oh, I just want to watch it. I want to be in that world. I want to see the beautiful, clean, crisp ocean that they <laughs> always portray. They always portray the ocean so well yeah. that I'm like, damn, I wish I could swim. <laughs> I'd be out there every single day. And then you know what's also cool about them? It's just the the fact that these characters are so believable. Where you know, like, they may not be as believable as they might have not been that way back then but at the same time it's like hey i'm okay with this lie i'm willing to believe this lie and that's why i love these movies um because of the way that they i have a personal tie to their original stories but also the fact that they do bring up a lot of light into some of the the geopolitical and societal ways that they used to live then yeah it's in a way they're Dirty. <laughs> dirty. They're all stanky. Very dirty. Super dirty stanky stank pirates. I, I could smell them, yeah. but I know they smell clean on on set. But smell a vision for Pirate Six. I did a brief like pirate real life pirate research. A lot of these dudes, even the famous ones, they were only around for like maybe one to like four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they're like taken down. Like this movie, they like they span twenty years or something. And I'm like, yeah. these guys like were lucky if they lived through a year doing this. Yeah, I was looking up Blackbeard for On Stranger Tides. I was just like, in hindsight, mm-hmm. he died when he was like 35 or something, and he's like 70 in that <laughs> movie. Yeah, it's just like nah. And that's what we that's what we believe, you know. No one's the quote unquote common man or common woman or common folk, the plebs. Uh, I'm not going to go out and research this stuff, right, unless you're really into pirate. Unless you're in the theater, you're like, oh, I'm a pirate, like, avid masters in pirate. <laughs> I'm a pirate master. Like, I'm a pirate. That's wrong. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to do that. But the fact that 
you know, it's a movie, you know it's a movie, but you're like, you want to believe that world, you want, you come back for it, no matter, because you come back for the visuals, you come back for the characters, and it's a tale. At the end of the day, you're watching a tale, the tale of Blackbeard, who in real life probably lasted a year because, you know, I don't know, disease. Uh, <laughs> but it's as if you're hearing it from someone, it's like, oh, this is the tale of the Blackbeard who lived for 80 years and he was the greatest. You know, that's that's pirate's life. Yeah. That's yeah. the pirate tale. And That's like the idealized version. Spot, yeah. like, it's the tall mm-hmm. tale. Yeah, <laughs> the, the tall tale that dead men tell. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like I, I realized too. A lot of these pirates that were only there for like a few years, like in their height, like the the height of their power and stuff. Like quite a few of them, like mm-hmm. they actually asked for a pardon. Like Blackbeard lived in Virginia, I think, for a few years and got a pardon, and then he just went back to being wow. a pirate because he got bored. I'm like, that's that's the pirate <laughs> life. Like, he's just like, yeah, I could have just been fine. I could have lived out my days, but I had to go back. There's just something so appealing about being a pirate. One last job. <laughs> yeah. And you also have to think about, too, like, right, like, if we're talking about the history of piracy and everything that was happening, we are looking back at it with a 21st century lens, with 21st century thoughts and ideas. Yeah. So we're not really looking. We won't. That's one thing I was talking with uh, my roommates the other day. I was like, hey, you know, we every time we look back at history, we always look about, like, oh, man, they used to do that. Oh, I can't believe they used mm-hmm. to live like that. Right. But hey, here we are right now, someone in the future is going to be looking at our life and they're going to be like, man, I can't believe they used to live like that, ah, right? Mm-hmm. But to us, it's perfectly normal. And to them, you know, if you were to say like, oh, Blackbeard retired or like he went back and he now chose the pirate life, why would he choose the pirate life? You don't know, there's there's stuff that could have been happening in that moment that could have made him like, hey, I need to go back. Or I'll be cruising time, up to him and said, I need your help, dad. <laughs> 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 Oh, oh man, I feel bad for her. But uh, <laughs> she was okay. She was okay. She did She's her best, fine. but I just like I, I, the accent was just like I'm like, girl, like if you don't speak in Spanish, just say it. But like I don't know, just I feel like they should have just kept her in Spanish. She should have just spoken in Spanish and forced Americans to read subtitles for once, <laughs> and it would have been a much more believable character. Like if we're talking about that last movie, and I know this is not about the movie for this, but in the last movie, she like went off on Jack Sparrow. It was like, it, he start, she started cursing on him and mm. being whatever. And I was like, that was probably one of the best performances that she did in the whole movie because it was so real. She was legitimately mad. And I believe that. And that's where I'm like, man, they missed the mark. But, I'm really hey. obsessed now that you said like her just speaking Spanish the entire movie. I would love the idea of her and Jack having very physical attraction to each other, but him just not being able to speak Spanish in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And so we know what she's saying, and not even like a Chewbacca thing. Everyone else can speak Spanish. <laughs> I just want Jack Sparrow to not be able to understand what she's saying. Everyone else can understand her. Everyone else speaks Spanish because they live on the fucking Caribbean. But yeah, I just want him to be really, really stupid about it. Exactly. And you know what's the most interesting thing? And maybe, maybe there's some stuff here that I understand this. And the whole Pirates of the Caribbean. They're in the Caribbean. Why do I feel like I'm off the coast of England? Why am I suddenly in London? Why am I? So- <laughs> what? Like, these are people who speak, probably speak Spanish. Well, well, actually, now that I think about it, uh, um, colonialism, mm-hmm. colonizers, yeah. uh, there was a lot of shit going on. Yeah, they, they were, they hey, were heavy in that, in, heavy in that mess, Geronimo. <laughs> I know. I, 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 never mind. I take the old, that statement back. I'm sorry. But hey, you heard it here first on the franchise. The first time Penelope Cruz has been compared to Chewbacca. <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry. Henry. I'm sorry. I just what figured that'd be like shoved at you? me at some point. <laughs> That's funny. I just thought it was funny. 
I just didn't want it to be a situation where like she's just going <laughs> and like Jack Sparrow can't understand her. I'm like that just sounds Chewbacca. horrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you're saying the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm clarifying for the the general audience. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I guess let's talk about a little uh, like behind the scenes stuff before we talk about like the actual movie. I watched a behind the scenes where Mr. Gibbs is running around doing the tour of the set. <laughs> he's having so much fun. And I thought it was so charming and so cute. And he's having just a blast doing it and just like talking to everybody. Mr. Gibbs yeah. is my favorite character in all the Pirates movies. And I'm so glad that he did like a whole set tour. And <laughs> at no point does he interact with Johnny Depp. <laughs> it's really weird. No. <laughs> really but, ignores oh, him. Oh. He like points at him and says, he's so ungrateful yeah <laughs> like, that's it <laughs> he also comes by the uh video village where the directors are like the black out tent. <laughs> they don't even come out <laughs> and he's like he's like there and then like he's like trying to get them to come out and like espen or whatever's like uh, oh hello and then like later like he's like on tv they're just shooting him with the camera for like the behind the scenes thing and yoakum's like oh you're on tv oh and then kevin mcnally or gibbs is like yeah i gotta pay the bill somehow it's just like kind of awkward the whole thing's kind of just <laughs> yeah. awkward but the directors seem like really awkward dudes. Like they they don't like get what he's doing or being funny. They're just like, oh, all right, yeah. They're I'm gonna go back to work now. Seem like tall, awkward Norwegian indie dudes. Mm-hmm. All I have besides that is that just this this was the first pirates movie that was uh, made in Australia because tax reasons. Of course, we call it the the spaghetti western. Right? Yeah, spaghetti western classic model classic they got a big write-off and so they didn't actually shoot in the caribbean they shot a lot of like a lot of stage stuff they have like really strong import laws for animals in australia and like the capuchin monkey which is like barbosa's monkey like Mm -hmm. it was like illegal i think to import them so they had to like figure out some workaround to bring them in and like that monkey's in like one scene in the movie it really is oh that's right because there was i remember you know what's interesting where we were watching this the other day uh, yesterday with uh, our roommate Zach, who ha- who actually asked me to ask you guys if he could be, uh, if you guys would like to extend the invitation because he loves to talk about movies. Homework yeah, of course. Talk. Sure. He's like he he's like just really good, knowledgeable at that, but he's not in the film industry. Um, a friend of yours is a friend of ours be. on the franchise. <laughs> Aw, I love it. So pretty much, uh, we noticed that like I saw like when the monkey came up in that scene, he started laughing. And I was just like, why? Because like, his Jack has been trying to eat that monkey for like the longest time. He just <laughs> or something. Like, he hates this monkey. And I'm just like, you know eat what? You're monkey? right. You're totally right. Or eat the monkey, or like kill it, or something. It's just Jack just fucking hates the monkey. He fucking go- like the whole movie. The whole franchise could be about not what Jack is or no. Jack fucking hates this monkey, and the whole movie is about this damn fucking vendetta against this monkey. Yeah. The monkey's name is Jack. Jack. Trying to he eat made that me realize for the that. Past four movies. <laughs> he could have eaten. Connery, make. I don't understand what you're saying, but uh, I'm gonna laugh with you. <laughs> I just funny. thought that was really funny. Like Jack's obsession. It's not that he's annoyed by the monkey for having the same name as him. It's like he wants to eat that monkey. <laughs> he's, he's gotta so eat that monkey. He can't. Because in in reality, it's that monkey that kind of like always gets away with shit. Yeah. And, and you can call Jack himself like Jack himself as a character is like the monkey. Yes. He he's always like doing like I'm not saying dumb shit, but he's always like jumping around, doing all this stuff, Very and he moves around like he's water. You know, sure he gets caught here and there, but like he moves like a monkey. He embodies the the persona of a monkey, not like like literally, but 
he has that character in him. And the fact that they also, in the movie, throw in a monkey, whose name is Jack, and he, like, has total, like, to eat it. beef with that monkey, <laughs> just tells you that, like, hey, there can only be one monkey, and you're taking part of my spotlight yeah. as Jack Sparrow, and I hate you, and all this <laughs> stuff. And that's why you kind of see that. And I, and that's when he said that. I was like, oh, shit, you know what? You could totally read this like this. Oh, yeah. It's cool. Damn that monkey. Jack wants to eat the monkey beef. <laughs> eat the monkey beef. Um, uh, I don't know. In, in gay terms, that's different, man. Oh. I don't know what you're trying to say. Enlighten here, us. I don't want to. I refrain. No comment. <laughs> Is that monkey undead still? I don't know anymore. Is he? It's definitely uh, a zombie monkey okay. still. Uh, I got one more monkey fact. Other than like people were protesting the monkeys getting imported because they, they had to import them from like California. And like, that's not good for the monkeys to send them on a plane for 20 hours. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. But then they did it. And then uh, <laughs> while they were shooting at Movie World in Australia, which I guess is a theme park, but I guess they wow. also built that big set there of like St. Martin. Yeah. Australia's weird. Yeah, the monkey <laughs> ran off of set, got into another set, into a makeup trailer, and bit a makeup uh, person's <gasps> ear. Oh! So that was just, these are both articles from The Guardian. But yeah, so there's a lot of monkey source. business wow. going on on this movie. <laughs> That's what you did there. <laughs> Thanks. That's nuts. That's so typical That's of that monkey, though. Thanks, Connery. I was going to correct you. Oh, God. <laughs> the second That's time. Banana. Oh. That's nuts. Wait, no, wait a minute. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just get into the movie now. It takes place about 18 years after At World's End, so technically everyone should be, like, really old if this is, like, the 1700s. This should be decrepit. Barbosa's the only one who looks that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does look pretty old, but... Yeah. Hmm. What did you think about this movie before we get into it, Geronimo? Disclaimer. Uh, historical inaccuracies are not part of this conversation. Yeah, that's, so we all that's know totally that fine. it's historically inaccurate. Yeah. Get oh, the yeah. fuck out of here. They'll need to be commenting on this well, shit. Well, actually, in real We're... life, ghost pirates Get and undead out. sharks weren't fired. real. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired, Connor. <laughs> <You're fired. laughs> um, but now I'm looking at back from Stranger Ties, which is a total flop, to this. I know when I first watched it, Jacob was like, ah, it was okay. And I was like, oh, I thought it was cool because it kind of um, revived a little bit the Jack Sparrow characterization. They brought him back to his childhood. They showed how young he was and how he kind of got his like wit and all this stuff and why a lot of people, I guess, res- like you know, saw this in him. But I will say this, though, is that the fact that Jack was able to get away with this, like, while also, like, because he started, he was young, but he wasn't a drunk. No. And that's his thing in the future. Now he's a drunk, and now he acts more like a child. So if you were to explore his character in D without putting too much um, analytical thought to it, you know, character, uh, his character was like, oh, hey, I was a child, and I kind of, like, had wit, and I had my youth, and I did this, and I ended up fucking this guy over from Spain. Yeah. And then now I, like, got the shit got to my head, and then I started feeling bad about myself. So he took up on drinking, and that drinking made him feel like his normal self. That's why you constantly see him drunk, because that's the only way he can go back to him being happy, which was in that moment, Jack Sparrow. That's why it is Jack Sparrow, because when he's not sober, we don't really see him sober. We always just assume that he's drunk all the time, right, because he loves rum. Yeah, I think um, uh, and he, that's what, I think Tyler uh-huh. said in one of the episodes where he said, Jack has a certain level of drunkenness that he operates on at all, at every given moment of the day. Yeah, because especially in four, like I think Penelope Cruz says to him, like, "Oh, like I'm pregnant," and then Jack Sparrow says, "I've never been that drunk." And so, <laughs> so it's kind of the point of his character was like, 
he operates on like he'll never black out, but he's always tipsy. Yeah, exactly. His liver always hurts, but yeah. um, I get where you're. Yeah, what you're saying with that Dronmo, and it's kind of like uh, I was watching this with Lily the other night, and uh, she was saying something similar, which is like, oh, you do. This would be really great if like he did hit rock bottom in this movie and like learned and had a character arc compared to like mm-hmm. when he was like a young. Like, when he was a kid, basically. Mm-hmm. A terrifying CG homunculus kid. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great if, like, that was just, like, came across in the movie. Because I guess that's kind of the point. But it just really doesn't come across, I guess. But it's really, the idea of that, like, is really good. You know? I would have loved that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, excuse me. I had a burp. My apologies. <laughs> that be oh, oh my god this is not that kind of podcast i hope it's the bourbon uh, fart podcast <laughs> uh oh stop <laughs> anyways um yeah I, I i i do see how um that could have been his character and but that that would def- i feel like that would defeat the whole jack sparrow character or his persona like you don't want him to have a change of heart he always has to be that he has that like kiddish he is a kid at heart and he's a troubled man, and he chooses to live his life that way. Because if he were to choose to, hey, I'm going to have a change of heart because now this encounter or this movie, right, or this character arc just made me realize this, that would mean the end of the franchise, and Disney ain't going to do that. I agree. I agree. Um, if he decided to learn or change in some small way, he would lose that, like, that it's not stupidity but like that that like you said that childishness to him that everyone seems to like and relate to and if he's like you know what i think i'm gonna grow up a little bit his character would just disappear like he'd just be gone and somebody new would have to fill his shoes with like the same kind of like vibe that he used to have he goes you know what i think i'm gonna own a chocolate factory now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that seems right for me i mean this movie is i think the intention was to wrap up in a lot of ways, Johnny Depp's story, because even like the, some of the last lines or whatever, it definitely seems, or Jack Sparrow's story, it definitely seems like he's like moving on to the next thing without like going mm-hmm. within like a circle of, of events, like over and over again. It feels like he was supposed to learn something and apparently he did, but we didn't really. I, I wouldn't know what he learned. Yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. don't nah, trade your compass. Cause then the ghosts will come get you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Because the lot crazy logic of the movie will dictate that the ghosts are free because you traded your <laughs> yeah. your compass for because I guess because basically he traded it like unworthily like he's just traded it for like for, monetary use yeah well uh, I have I have a clarifying question here sure. um how is the compass related to the curse that was placed on um. And the Spanish captain, what's his name? The Spanish Salazar. Captain? Sal- Salazar, yeah. Sa- Salazar. El, Ma- El Matador uh, Del Mar. How? <laughs> how was <laughs> that? Like, how was that? Co- like, I, I, I think I did miss that part of that. It has movie. nothing like, to do with the Geronimo. I watched it. It has nothing. It has no connection with him oh, whatsoever. So it, it's one of those where, like, hey, we just tell you and that's it, kind of thing, right? And yeah. so there's no like real backstory connection because I thought the compass was something that was just given to. In right. The previous movie or something. Literally, like what happens is in that scene when Jack gets like his captainhood, the captain of his old ship gives him the magic compass. There's mm-hmm. no like, hey, don't sell this because then Ghost Man will come get you. The compass has no connection with Javier Bardem. 
Hmm. It's well, so weird. Uh, yeah, you'd have to think really hard for you to really like try to find some meaning to that. Uh, if we were to, since we're on a podcast and we have time to do so, let mm-hmm. me see if I can try to find a connection. Right, the compass in a way became a symbolic, uh, a symbolic uh, element. So we're talking magical mm-hmm. entities here, magical realism. No, yes, that, yes, yes. That, you got it. Isn't that right? So there's magical realism elements to this, and the fact that. You know, we have dead ghost men with half their bodies like floating around like their physical bodies already should just tell you, hey, you got to just got to believe all this shit right now to Mm -hmm. go with the movie. Um, And the fact that that compass became something so important to Jack, because probably it meant a lot to Jack that he was giving that compass from that captain. It kind of made him believe in himself a little like, wow, I'm getting this gift. Right. And then the fact that Jack took down that um, the Bardet um, Salazar with his wit and his ingenious move. That became attached to the deep hate and revenge needs that Salazar had. So when Salazar died, he was chosen and automatically a link in the universe was made to what Jack loved the most. Or Jack was very important to Jack and to Salazar's hate. And the curse that was placed on Salazar was like, hey, uh, you're going to be bounded in here uh, until... Um, Jack suffers some sort of like uh, detachment or something that would break that that linkage. That Potentially bond, he right? gives up who he is in the form of the compass, relinquishing his authority as like a captain, Exa- quote unquote. A hundred percent. Exactly. Because at that point, the, the guy that entrusted him, the, the the that trust or that that gift that was given to him was the magical compass. That meant a lot to Jack. But the the fact that he was willing to trade that, that meant so much to him, was that he had given up. He had chosen his vice. Mm-hmm. For that, and in that moment where that rip in the universe, in that magical universe, there was a rip in that space of things should have gone differently. Salazar should have won that fight, but because Jack didn't, and Jack won that fight, and then Salazar died, the revenge and the hate was uh, linked to that compass because that was those were the two most pivotal moments of the whole scene, mm-hmm. um, and that whole time. And the fact that Jack gave that away broke one of the attachments to the other so they have the compasses the jack's attachment and the hate and and well the, the curse is salazar's and by doing so it freed salazar because now salazar was able to get out of that prison we literally see that that escape. divide fall between them the the mountain that's trapping him there that's yeah. like they're like i guess their connection is no longer severed their connection has been like reattached yeah, it's no longer imbalanced, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no longer imbalanced where like the, the the turn is longer there, and then now we have the story that goes into him hunting it. But Salazar was really hunting pirates. Like Salazar mm-hmm. was just like, um, like this macho man in Spanish, blah 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 blah, and I'm killing all these pirates, doing it for in the a, crown. In a behind the scenes interview, Geronimo Javier Bardem compared himself to uh, being a matador, actually, where he was like, uh, mm-hmm. I as the human, he's he's the matador, but when he's the ghost, he's the wounded bull so that's like even the way he walks like his attitude like oh that's beautiful it's very cool when, I, when he said that i was like "Ooh, yeah that's pretty rad uh-huh i love that about his character that's one thing i absolutely love the way he was like walking around dunk 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 bottle and i'm just like oh that guy's terrifying like he, he, he about to fucking fuck me up like uh-uh <laughs> And I could tell that the way he was talking to Jack, too, was very kiddish sometimes because mm-hmm. he was playing with him. It was fucking with him because, like, dude, we have this connection. 
uh, and I know you fucked me over, but I'm gonna talk in a way that you're going to understand me. Because when a lot when Jack is usually talked to, he's like, "Oh, I'm an English power, blah blah blah." They're talking to Jack. Jack's like, "Oh, you're stupid." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, like he jokes around it. But the moment that Salazar is like, "Jack Sparrow, I'll see you later." Yeah. You know, he's talking to him like a child. He's lowered himself him, to his level. He's being triggered. You know, mm-hmm. Jack is like, "Holy fuck!" Like this guy's not like, the, "I'm getting this genuine fear." Because that's who he is. He's a child. He's an mm-hmm. inner childish mind. And another guy is not like, I'm coming for you, bitch. I'm coming to kill you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk in a way that you can understand me. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty about his like, villain-esque. It's just like, it's really cool. I will say, though, like the fact that he was very, like, the, this is where I got a little confused. And you guys can probably explain a little bit more to me. Was how, in the very first parts of the Caribbean movie, um, the dead men, right? Yeah. Uh, they they were stuck with this curse about this coin or whatever, and they look like they did in this movie. But is that like a similar curse that they were bounded though? Because they because the same ship like you know the Flying Dutchman reminded me of the same ship that Salazar had with the whole claw and the jaw thing. And I'm just like, are old dead ships like that? Do old dead ship have mouths? <laughs> you no, know, just every like, mystical ship has some cool ass power, like eating boats, <laughs> like the Silent Mary. Um, flamethrower, like oh, flame Queen Anne's Revenge, uh, Black Pearl, I guess, is just <laughs> full of ghost people. Really, it's but, really fast. That's like the Black Pearls thing. It's like the yeah. fastest ship on the sea. Uh, so, yeah, the curse of the Black Pearl is because they stole like uh, Aztec gold, I think, and were cursed mm-hmm. because of it. Mm-hmm. But it made them immortal. And then these people mm. went into the Devil's Triangle, and <laughs> I don't know, they Blew were up. killed. <laughs> when they're killed, like. Like the boat explodes, but it's as if like they get disintegrated. But I'm like, I what disintegrated them? Like the way they. I think it's an underwater volcano. Oh, I decided okay. that's what it was. I'm like, it's an underwater volcano. Gotcha. So yeah, they're just like different kinds of ghosts. It's not right. the same curse, but it's a curse. Mm-hmm. But lucky for them, they have Poseidon's trident that can break oh all the curses in the ocean. It looks like Cthulhu's trident. Yeah. I know that did not look like a Triton, and if so, if Poseidon had that Triton, I'm like Poseidon looks ugly, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But I will say it did look cool. It kind of gave me some uh, underwater vibes, like Moses and parting of the Red Sea kind of yes. shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like guys, I, I thought that was really cool. Did you guys ever see Prince of Egypt? No. Yeah. Good. Tyler, no. I think I did a long time ago. You should watch it again. You ever see uh, Br- you ever see Bruce Almighty? He does it in that too with his tomato soup. <laughs> yeah, but it's not oh nearly as impactful and powerful as when it happens in Prince of Egypt. I'm not sure about <laughs> yeah, that. I, 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 I am. <laughs> I met the director of Prince of Egypt. We you had did? a uh, classroom. We went to you know, uh, to uh, DreamWorks. Uh, to DreamWorks? Yeah, was it DreamWorks? I think so. Who? Yeah, I, I think it was... I th- no, it wasn't DreamWorks. I went to. Well, I was in Cal State. We went to DreamWorks uh, in their campus, and at the end of the tour, we got to sit down with the Prince of Egypt director, and we were able to have a Q&A for 30 minutes. So. Oh. And it was just like 20 of us in a, in a classroom setting, and he was just there talking to us. And, of course, my dumbass hadn't like seen Prince of Egypt, yeah. and I don't know how influential of a movie that was. So I was just there kind of like just, oh, I just want to listen to see what everyone's asking. And everyone was like, oh, my God. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, cool. This dude's kind of cool, you know, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. So um, that movie was really good. You know which director oh, so it was? so beautiful. I don't know. Because Simon Wells co-directed Prince of Egypt. He's also H.G. Wells' grandson, or great-grandson. Oh, and he directed neat. that Time Machine movie, but when he was exhausted from directing that movie, Gore Verbinski came in and finished the movie. 
<laughs> full circle of pirate stuff. Full circle. <laughs> the Triton's BS. I'll I'll just say it outright. Yeah. The Triton should fix one thing instead it fixes everything. And I think that's really, really dumb. Yeah, you know, that's very true because they, they like that's a fortunate part like that that Disney went well, the directors went with. It's the fact that the story should have revolved upon that compass and the tie between Jack and Salazar. What but you described is like, so much better. I literally thought the compass was gonna be the main thing. Yeah. And but but they decided to go with a an ultimate like, oh no, we must find once again we gotta find the journey is about finding some stupid shit and at the end breaking it yeah like like the fact that they went so that's where you know what's interesting while I was watching this movie, um after they I don't know what but like I remember when we were on our hunt for the trident um when we went to that island. Um, I was just like, I don't remember this part of the movie. I was like, and at that point, I realized, oh, this is probably where I disconnected from this movie. Exactly. I know you're trying to be Me funny, too. Tyler, with your backgrounds, but it's Grindelwald. <laughs> Look out, he's gonna commit some crimes. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but yeah, and and after that, I was like, okay, now that we have to go all the way out to find this damn trident and and try to get it, and then at the end, oh my god, I can't hold it. It's Stuck. I'm like, girl, like for reals. I'm just like, okay, how? Where are we going? Yeah. And at that point, I can tell why I I would say a lot of people kind of like detached. So I was like, why? Where are I, we gonna go for a trident? I like way tuned out, and I was texting Connery about video games at that point. <laughs> He's like giving me his hot takes on like all these like second video games in series. Yeah, sequels and stuff. Oh. But uh, it's because I've seen this movie. This is the third time I've seen it, so I felt like it was totally fine. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember all this, but it's yeah. just, like, totally lost my interest in the last third because, it, like you said, it's just, like, all the Trident stuff just becomes something else. But mm-hmm. I I get, I remember my point now is with Javier Bardem, um, you're saying, like, I, I do really like his performance in this movie, and um, mm-hmm. especially, uh, like, Lily was pointing this out, too, but um, basically, like, I feel like his performance... Like, it's really good, but it's totally, like, overwhelmed by all the VFX and, like, him being underwater. Like, that underwater effect mm-hmm. of his hair and stuff and, like, all the CG. Like, mm-hmm. he has, like, practical makeup on, but then they add all the CG and stuff. And it's just, like, I feel like that and, like, maybe the editing. Like, they cut around him, like, too much or something. It's just, like, I wish they just spent more time looking at him and, like, having him do stuff. Because I, I liked his character. I liked, like, it's Javier Bardem. He's really menacing. Like, he's the bad guy in No Country for Old Men, who's one of the most terrifying villains yeah. of all time. Like, he's a really, he can be a really scary guy. It just doesn't really come is like... across as well as I would have liked in this movie. But I like the idea of it. I just wish they, like, gave him that and, like, did less VFX. Like, what if he just, like, smoldered and, like, burned and say he was burned in a volcano? I almost like the idea of him being, like, full of, like, fire and rage. I mean, and it's... just having, like, s- embers or well, something. Th- well, that's what the the effects was it that was it, it was man. the whole underwater effects, but he was also kind of he looked charred. Yeah. he looked he like was, he was he breaking was up. Charred, he was yeah. charred. The thing is, is like if yeah. he just didn't do like the water flowy thing, or it's like he's underwater and his hair is like moving up and around, where it looks like sometimes like someone's just keyframing his hair about <laughs> into a pattern. Like <laughs> I just wish they like chilled a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so think about that, right? One, it was a total flex by the VFX department. I love it. <laughs> I'm it's like, show me something cool, and I'm gonna keep looking, baby. Um, but also, think about his death, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to go deep, at this point, we're kind of just, you know, milking deep him, underwater. Right? Like, if you think about his death, he died underwater. So in that moment <laughs> I, of, you know, so think of like multi-universe, cross-dimensional, whatever, mumble jumble. I understand like, the reasoning in that, for in it. That rip, 
in that rip of space, Tyler. He died <laughs> in that moment, burned, char- charred, and Angry. underwater. The fact that he burned underwater it should just tell you something. Like, that's impossible. It's like having lo- watching a SpongeBob episode and they have a campfire, campfire song song. I'm like, bitch, you're underwater. His How death you was pain. There, you know? <laughs> yeah, his death was pain and revenge. And he went down that way. So in that moment, as a ghost and cursed man, soul, cursed soul, he was stuck in that moment. And that's why they probably went with that design choice. And also they're like, ooh, we're going to make it look cool. Now, why didn't we see a lot of that? Because it's expensive. And you got to pay those hoes to do those effects. So that's probably why they chose very selectively how to represent Oh yeah, And I do agree with you. No, I'm not even saying like selective. I was just being nitpicky or whatever about that. But it's more so just like just doing so much VFX on him to be like, yeah, I I get why they like went for that style and everything. It's just like, can I just see the actor act really well, please? (laughs) Like you're putting like eight (laughs) filters in front of him for me to like not engage with him. And it just gets to a point where it's a bit much. But I understand. I mean, drama, even. Yeah. Huh? Oh, Tyler, go for it. No, go ahead. No, <laughs> I was. You've been helping us clarify so many things yeah. about Javier Bardem's lore, especially compared to Johnny Depp. I'm hoping you can maybe fix one of my biggest qualms is when the Triton's broken, the ghosts don't go away <laughs> and they're not released from this mortal coil. They become people again. Why? So why do they become vo- why don't they become I, volcano people? I don't know why. Connery, why don't, why don't they I just love... die? Why don't they just like go <laughs> thank you and like just fade away? So did they need the, the last is, scene chase? They could have just done that earlier. Well, that's the thing. It, if you were to look, if if the whole compass attachment to Bardem's demise and then that trigger that that connection, the moment if the compass actually would have been destroyed. Then the whole curse would have not um, been um, like, because Jack gave away the compass. Yes, the compass wasn't destroyed. So the compass still existed in this reality, right? I, uh, are there universe. new realities in this in this theory? Whole, no, well, you got it. Well, that's the only reason multiverse why this whole theory, shit could Connery. exist. If multiverse theory, because <laughs> at that point, there's things we gotta understand. There's things in our world right now that traverse space and time, and some of those things we are incapable of understanding in this moment. We may put a lot of science and thought to it, but our our brains are not evolved to understand that yet. I mean, just look at Walter Mercado, right? Oh, this is perfect. It all ties back. It does. Um, he's Drama, can the I other give you world. a quote really fast? Uh, sure. Give me. Are you uh, insurance? No, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quote your insurance. No, no. I, it's, it's, a, it's a quote from H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, which I just think is appropriate. It's actually the um, Call of Cthulhu campaign, like little mini I'm doing on Sunday with my friends. And you're talking about alternate realities is kind of what I'm doing with that. But anyway, the, the quote from him is, this, this horrible racist man, is the most pleasant thing in the world, I think, <laughs> is the inability Sorry. of the human mind to, cor- to the inability of the human mind to correlate all of its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance am- amongst black seas mm. of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. H.P. Lovecraft mm-hmm. was a horribly racist man? Oh, yeah. He was horrible. Why are we listening to him, then? We're, we shouldn't be, but the man wrote something that's monumental. It's like J.K. Rowling's a horrible turf. Was he, like, a, a, uh, more, a lot more racist than, like, normal white people that were just generally racist? <laughs> like, uh, I... I I guess maybe he might be just on par, but when you write it down in a book, it tends to stick a little bit harder. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's like in his writing and stuff. Uh, I haven't written that much. Yeah. Much. Mm. Man, well, I still can't believe we read like 
Huck Finn like in school. <laughs> right. And anyways. Oh yeah, we don't need to talk about Huck Finn. That's another podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of like the whole like like the magical realism yes. and the alternate universe theory, whatever you want to throw, whatever science your brain wants to throw at it, even though it's irrelevant. Whatever faux science movie. I want to use. Yeah. Um, it's the because the compass. I feel. Right, mm-hmm. my my thoughts. The compass wasn't traded. What's the compass was traded away, but it wasn't destroyed. It didn't cease to exist in this reality, so therefore the curse was still on. But it just un um it took away the binding linkage of it being possession of Jack in that moment and Burden's demise. It took away that linkage and it allowed him to get out of that um of that link. So he was able to roam uh, the earth as he wanted. And mm. what he wanted was to destroy Jack. Uh, now, that could have been his resolve because he was probably like, you took everything away from me. Now I'm going to take everything away from you. I'm going to kill you so that I can stop living in this fucking hell you put me on. That's probably what he wanted because everyone oh, yeah. that he knew was probably dead. Yeah. You know, everyone. Yeah, whatever. And he's been gone for a minute. So. At least um, 20 years. At least 20 years, exactly. And the reason why they didn't return back to normal was because probably if the um, the compass was destroyed, they would have just faded. They would have just probably faded. Nothing would have happened because their story, their linkage would have been broken. It would have mm-hmm. ceased to exist. And then they would have become unstable. And most likely they could have gone with the story of like they stopped existing as well but because it didn't and it still was a lot like this it was still in the realm they kept going so their 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 bondage was still bonded to that art piece but they wanted to get out of it so salazar wanted to kill jack to end it okay pretty much, so, or find uh, a compass I, can, can, I, can i try to like suss through what you're saying it might be like when they break the trident it breaks the curse of undeath on them that maybe the volcano helped place but the they are they are, their lives are intrinsically bind to the compass so it just resets them back to that moment in time before in in, in this theory we're crafting it sets them up when jack makes that pivotal decision so it's still tied to the compass but like it resets them to that moment almost before death absolutely and and i a hundred percent that could be it too um another thought that i could add to that as well is that the trident right magical trident of Poseidon. A lot of these damn fucking curses happen at sea. So a lot of the curses and the magical elements, whatever those are, um, are coming across from or originate from the trident being underwater. So if you think about the trident, the trident is the most magical thing there is in this whole damn movie. Yes. It is a source of power. It co- allows you to control the sea. Whoever controls it controls the sea, and Poseidon has been long dead, but his spirit still lives on, on the trident. Yes. Right? So the trident controls the seas. Anything that's sea-related, curse-related, will revolve around the power of the trident. It sources its power to control and curse people. That curse sources its power from the trident because... It is the what is controlling the seas, right? So why is it that all these dead people, including from the first movie, they can't step on land, right? Or they can't be out in the like they can't like the, uh, yeah they can't the first step on guys land. Guys could stand on land. Uh, Davy could? Jones could not set foot on land though, oh, similar to Salazar and his men. But but well, okay, true, that's right. But it was only under the cover of the moon. 
right? They, they, they could, could go that. on land whenever they wanted. And in the first one, they really had light rules. Like, they could go on land. They just, like, couldn't feel or, like, they had, like, no feeling. They couldn't taste. They couldn't yeah. get drunk. I mean, that's, they just were, like, that's the kind best of curse because, like, Bart, so, Bardem and his crew probably can't feel stuff either. <laughs> Especially since one guy is, like, just true. a hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, I love him. So, so if you take that right, so maybe there's different types of curses, but they all source their magical power from the trident because the trident controls the sea and anything related to curses happen in the water or re are related to oceanic things. I thought the third so movie the established moment... that Calypso controls the ocean. No, Aqu Aquaman huh? came the next year and uh, Toto yeah, played and then he got the trident and became new Aquaman. And then ah, I see. And then he gave it to Poseidon. And then all the lobster army came, uh, led by John Rhys Davies, and they fought uh, Salazar. Ocean Master. Crab people. What? Oh gosh. What's next? Crab people too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> Thank you for chiming in, Mordecai. Uh, call uh, me Ocean so, Master. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so back to the whole trident and why breaking the trident was the fact that they released them all of their curse was because it was the ultimate um it was a new it was a nuke pretty much to all these curses you killed the power that was binding all these curses so i bet you say like they could this they could spin this they could take this and i i claim i claim rights to this idea sure. right they could take this the trident broke all these curses so anybody in the motherfucking ocean who had a curse that was built off that was sourcing its power from the trident their curse also got unbinding yeah. oh yeah and and that's why you see them return back to normal because they're like oh shit now the power that was source the the source of the power that was holding me down with this curse that curse is lifted because that curse no longer has the power no longer has that so, source of energy you know, you know what really bums me out then it, it it breaks every curse on the ocean does this thing abstent like basically kill magic kill the magic in this universe oh no the monkey's not a, an immortal anymore yeah the monkey's not immortal anymore uh, it, the, and what would they even do for the next movie? We'd See, be going off the lore that, is, guess what? This is my idea. Every single curse is done. This is my idea for the next one. It's like, there's got to be someone who is rightfully cursed. And those people who are rightfully <laughs> cursed do not have curses anymore. So now all those bad Ooh. dudes are going to come and, like, be in the next so, one with Margot Robbie or something. I like this. This is, this is like, a, like a Legend of Korish stuff this where, is like, like, the, the bad <laughs> guy team assembles again. This is like the Titans and Hercules or something. <laughs> Zoom! <laughs> Sparrow! <laughs> I'm sorry, Drama. Who's ferrying the dead now? Because Will Turner apparently doesn't have to do it anymore. Oh, yeah. Who's ferrying the dead? Will Turner just, like, magically doesn't have to do it anymore, I guess. And he's also really crusty in the beginning of this movie for no reason. He has barnacles on his face, even though he's doing his job as the... Makes no sense. No adherence to the source material. Well, Mordecai. <laughs> Um, I'm distracted by Tyler right now. He's You're distracted by this stop. giant banner poster of Mordecai. Mustaches, yes, mustaches. Andrew McGregor with fantastic mustaches. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, <laughs> I was trying to say something. What was it? So good idea, um, well, I was trying. <laughs> 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 with the faction. 
I love this picture. Because look how, like, if you were a child and you're looking at Bardem coming at you with his mouth open, oh, I'm going to freak the fuck out. I would, I feel bad for Jack Sparrow because he's like, holy fuck, holy shit. You know, like, that's legit fear. But to us, yeah. it's funny. But to a kid, you, you, you bring a 10-year-old to this movie and they're, holy fuck, that will freak them out. I will Ow. say, as a 27-year-old man, if Javier Bardem was charging at me, running on top of water, I, w- I would probably be afraid. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to the whole Trident stuff, right? If yeah. the curse is broken, honestly, it sounds to me like it might have been the end to the Jack Sparrow uh, line of movies and now yeah. they had to find a different creator because it's it's time there's only so much you can milk a movie right like you got to put an end to yeah. it uh but you still don't want to let the franchise die because mm-hmm. the franchise i mean it's the pirates of the caribbean it don't gotta be just about jack sparrow exactly and they were introducing some new characters and at the end of that movie actually they showed a last ending scene which i don't quite recall what that scene was but they were probably alluding to something funny which is kind of like disney saying like or the director saying hey there might be more to this story yeah it was basically like but, in the credit Will goes back to non-speaking Elizabeth Turner or whatever. What was her original name? Elizabeth Swan. And uh, they're like sleeping at night and then a crusty shadow man uh, pops in. It's supposed to be Davy Jones, but I do not well, think he shouldn't be Davy there because every curse in the ocean's been lifted. That's true. So, also, he's dead. So Yeah, he's gone. He gave into the abyss. Like, Jesus so, Christ, Calypso so ate how- him. Can you guys remind me how did David Jones die? Uh, he got. They opened up his uh, box. Yeah, they opened up his box in at World's End and stabbed the heart, but with Will. Like Jack put Will's arm up to stab him so that Will would become the next Davy Jones, the next uh, farrier of the dead, ferryman of the dead. Yes. In at World's and End. So guess what? He is a hundred percent super duper mega hyper dead. So. The fact that he shows up in the end, and the fact that every curse in the ocean is broken—he is a cursed man. It, I, I don't know, and he's like essentially dead well, too. Like he'd just be a billion years old. It, I don't, I don't get it. So what's it to say that it's actually David Jones? Just a different guy. Uh, but shadow, why is he crusty? It. Every curse in the ocean's been broken. <laughs> so every curse in the ocean has been broken by the power of the trident. Um, however, right, uh. You could also take a look at the fact that um, it's still the way the person who died at the end was still in the end of this movie was Bardem. Uh, Bardem's character was Salazar. Salazar went back to full being a human being and, then and he, he fell still down. died. He fell down and he died horribly. <laughs> that could have been his death as well, but it could be an allude, an allu- um, alluding to an, an, uh, another type of character line where. It's but but this line is going to be correlated to uh, what's his name the guy that was in that last scene, um, David Jones, Will Turner, David Jones. Uh, well, in in that last ending scene, the the extra scene that they edit, like Chewbacca he was sleeping, the guy that became yeah, David Jones. Oh. Well, no, not David Jones' character, the dude that was sleeping with Elizabeth, Orlando Bloom, Will Turner. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Will Turner. Yeah, Will Turner, Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Well, really? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we're giving you the answer. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. Sometimes you guys say shit, and That's I just true. don't listen. Yeah, uh, I did um, just say Chewbacca. <laughs> oh God, Mordecai. Um, but yeah, it it could be alluding to something that could have happened. That's um, 
unrelated to the curse of the ocean, but instead it becomes a curse from something completely different. Because you got to think of um, of um, different spirits. So we have the spirit of the ocean or the trident, right? The spirit uh-huh. we could be. This is our mind interpreting. Oh, it's a spirit. No, it's just the power of the trident, right? Okay. We also have the spirit of the moon. We have the spirit of the earth. We have wow. the spirit of the wind. This is very Walter and Mercado. If, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. So it's all ma- mysticism, so, right? So, it's the mysticism of these movies. So Jack says at, at the at the end, he says like, "Where, where?" Or Gibbs says, "Where to next?" And Jack goes, "Beyond the horizon." So what if it's the curse of the horizon or the curse from beyond the horizon? He yeah, says, "Beyond my know. beloved horizon." Yeah, because he's done with it. Uh, I I I think that was Jack saying goodbye. Yeah, feel personally. Right. Yeah, if they decide to bring him back for the another oh. movie, at that point I'm like, okay, now I'm curious to see where the hell y'all are going yeah. because I think y'all need to put Jack to rest because he needs to just either become like another pirate, kind of like Blackbeard, or um the other dude. We pitched peg. him as an antagonist at one point. Yeah, Jack? I think. Yeah, I, I think that might be me being being like, what if Jack was like the bad guy in a movie? <laughs> Uh, that would be curious, but uh, I think we love him so much to the point where like we'll never see him as a bad guy. It would be, it was really. Wouldn't really that be a fun moral quandary? Can I talk about like the intro of this movie real quick? Absolutely. I have sure. like four points I want to go through this movie, and they're all very important. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. Just the intro. Like, I totally thought this movie started with the bank heist, <laughs> like the Fast Five type seal the whole bank <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just starts with a really slow intro with Henry Turner going to the like jumping underwater to find the flying dutchman because i guess he just knew it was there and then uh mm-hmm. he's talking to his dad will who's all crusty and barnacly we already talked about that a little bit it just like takes a very long time it's expositional and then like nine years later he's on a ship that ends up at the devil's triangle because that's where salazar is and salazar's like hey i'm gonna go find jack sparrow it's like all very like tediously strung together expositionally mm-hmm. but then we get to the the bank heist what are your guys's feeling on the bank heist the best scene in the movie. <laughs> Geronimo. I personally, okay. Sorry, I, ha- I have to burp a little bit. <laughs> oh, drama. Quit burping. Ooh, no, <laughs> you, I, I need a burp. You don't need a burp. Geronimo, you just fart? <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Eat some. I've been constipated for five days. Yeah. I can't even fart. I wish I could fart. <laughs> Two different things, right? So the very big though, I thanks for reminding me how the movie started. Um, I thought that was gonna be the whole movie. It's about freeing, yeah, you know, freeing his dad from the flying mm-hmm. mushroom. And then the fact that we gotta go find, which was the Trident. They say that, but then they bring Salazar as a villain, and I'm like, wait a minute, these are two completely different stories happening. Oh, that's why he, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. okay, that's why he's not the fly, flying. That's why he's not Davy Jones anymore because he broke the curse. Yeah. Okay, now curse, I get right? it. Yeah. So, so that's why he isn't because so he, much he plot. Was no longer bound it. But um, but then what's oh, you, oh my god this opens up another different story. <laughs> so with the whole bank heist, I think that was just a whole like, all right, we just saw a bunch of opening stuff. Now let's have some fun with Jack because we're bringing Jack back. This was Jack Sparrow coming back, and we know this movie is going to be about him. He is back to his lovable self. He is not the same guy that we saw in the previous movie, which I. Thankfully, I just saw that it kind of makes me like say, okay, you know what the last movie had wrong? It was that Jack was very like, I'm going to say a word in my lines. Cut. I'm going to say my words in my lines. Cut. And then Jack speaks. It wasn't that like witty, like emotion, like whatever. It was like 
cut and then cut and then cut. It was like all the yeah, yeah like definitely. the last movie uh, on Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Jack's character kind of lost his like wittiness in a bit. Yeah. So in a way, they were like, we're gonna do something so stupidly big <laughs> that's going to be like, oh my fucking god, I can't believe they're gonna be able to do this. The fact that six horses could carry a whole ass bank <laughs> yeah. with a big ass metal thing already at that point you lost me. They but you know what? Diesel. I want more of it. I want to hear it. I want to see it because I want to see what the <laughs> fuck happens. Um, and the whole sequence, personally to me, felt really like fun because that's it reassured me like, hey, we're you're here to enjoy a nice movie, and there's going to be gaff moments like. <laughs> Tyler, what do you? Is this part of the podcast? You Tyler's just breaking his own bottles? podcast. Basically, I is what know. he's doing right now. <laughs> I am, uh, I am so interested. But I do, I do agree, right? For for so you I, listening I really audience, like... he has a picture of Jack Sparrow and Shrek at the helm of the Black Pearl, doing it together. Yes. This will be available in this Twitter feed as a PNG. It's a PNG downloadable. It will be on <laughs> Instagram. Content. Free DLC, everybody. Yeah. Free DLC. Uh, but um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that scene. It it, it really cared, like I loved it. But it was it might have been a little overstrung. Like it could have been faster. I feel yeah. it was borderline unbelievable. And <laughs> yeah, I'll say it was just yeah. But what about the guillotine? <laughs> that though was genius. I thought that was guillotine. so cool. Who would think about yeah. that? They're like, oh, we're gonna fuck with physics. It now. was pretty I funny. I was just like, I. Yeah, it was funny. That's the point. The yeah, point I like is to it. entertain, it's not to believe. And that's one thing I feel like a lot of movies don't get right. It's just they go like, oh, we want to make it as realistic and believable as possible. No, have fun with it. Be like, it, like If you know your movie well enough and your character and your and your personas and the people who are going to watch this, throw a gaff with the guillotine stuff. And then I love the fact where, where Jack was like um, – talking to the girl i'm really bad with the names of the characters but they were like going back and forth and the whole town was just kind of like looking back and forth listening to it they totally could to control that situation yeah and to me that was just a beautifully well executed gaff and that's jack sparrow that's pirates of the caribbean um to me and that's why a lot of people go to watch it because they want to see what stupid shit's gonna happen <laughs> and also what really cool stuff they're gonna show us um and it's just just for jack really in the ocean since we, um, since we we brought her up, can I touch on Karina for just like a brief moment? Yes. Yeah, she doesn't have much to do in this. It's she's just revealed to be Barbosa's daughter, and I don't know, like for the amount of gusto this movie gives her to be like she's the new lady badass, she doesn't really do anything, which is rather upsetting. Uh, she like. Takes the helm of the ship a couple times, yeah, but like, I don't, I don't. It's well, it's hard because well, both her and Henry are like book nerds. They're they're not pirates. Neither of them are. I got you, friend. But I I feel like I've been speaking too much. So go ahead, Tyler. Oh, um, no, that's okay. Speak as much as you want. I speak on here every yeah. week. But <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, I think like a lot of her talents like are just like finding the place because she's an astronomer. Mm-hmm. And she believes in science, and it's like that's cool. But she's like, how does religious. that come into play? Like, how come she doesn't have like a cool steampunk gun or something? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. She just has how come she, she like she more sciencey abilities or something? Because it's just like a fun wacky yeah, movie, and, and 
Um, mm. I don't know. They she they could definitely be yeah, more so. things that are just more interesting that she could be doing. Yeah, and God so. bless her for just like taking her entire scientific view going basically down the toilet in like such stride. She she like is literally like, oh yeah, magic is real. Monsters are real. Curses are real. I went to the bottom of the ocean to get a magic triton. I broke every curse in the ocean. It's science. No, I didn't see it that way. I totally felt like she was like totally like okay with it. it, She did not seem shaken by it at all. She wasn't. Yeah. Because you got to remember at the end of the day, she is a woman. And that's one of the things I noticed about this movie. It was a little woke. It was a little woke. Um, Because in the last movie, yeah, we had this bravado woman and she was like very stereotypical, but she was very masculine. She was still masculating herself. But this time, she was a woman. They call her a horologist and these dumbass yeah. characters as they portrayed yeah, it. Like, oh, she's a it. prostitute. Oh, oh, she's a woman. Why is this woman touching my... Oh, my, this woman touched my big co- like microscope. Oh. Like, like that was the thing. And oh, so, so because she's a woman, that's one thing that they were... So why is it that she didn't do much? She was trying to do something. If they would have listened to her, that whole town would have been better. But the fact, because she was smart and reading books, they called her a witch. Yeah. Which was actually a thing. It mm-hmm. was an actual thing. So that's where they got a little bit of realism in there and a little bit of historical accuracy. Thank you, Disney. For yeah, but also in this universe, that. immediately it's proven that witches are real. And so to me, it that where I'm like, yeah, she's being accused of being a witch because she's a smart woman. But then we see an actual witch... And I'm like, okay, suddenly the accusation isn't, like, complete and utter bullshit as it should be. It's like, okay, so witches are real, and one lives in town. So it's like, I don't know. I I feel like it's a little bit more justified. Like, yeah, you know what? She could be a witch. But she... But she was fighting the fact that she was being accused as a witch just for being a woman and for being smart. Yeah. When there are witches, yes, in this world there are witches. We clearly saw that they're witches. But when they describe themselves as witches, they're not out and about saying, oh, I am a witch. I'm a witch. Hang me. No. Because people, right, you can take it as actual people. I think Slime Witch is very obviously outward with her witchiness. Um, yeah, she is. But then people respect that because they know they can fuck with her. But because she's a woman and she's going against the woman stereotype, she is going against these people. And automatically, her thought is going to be like, like everybody's going to be like, oh yeah, uh, what is it called? Bandwagon. We're gonna go with the bandwagon. She's a witch. And she's like, I'm not a fucking witch. I'm a horology. Like I, I'm, whatever. So that's why she was accused of being a witch, mm-hmm. even though there are witches. But they like in this people, you gotta remember, like if they're not educated, they're gonna think anything that's different is going to be a witch. And here we have one that we caught, and we also just really, we're really here just to see somebody hang, somebody get their head yeah. chopped off. They that's really, they're die. there for yeah. entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just all entertainment. Which is yeah, fucking this movie, like yeah. you're right, like that's I feel about it too. It's like yeah, this movie is uh, like say like woke or whatever because it's like trying to have a female character that is like an intellectual and like <laughs> knows much better than everybody uh-huh. else, but she also just ultimately isn't given a whole lot to do. It's that like classic like modern Disney wokeness where it's like. Maybe it's a little better than this, but, like, when they're talking about, like, oh, the exclusively gay moment in Beauty and the Beast or something like that, like, all these little things that they're, like, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just, like, I guess this she's more of a written character than that, obviously, but, but I wish they did more with also, her. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, I can point to Elizabeth Swan and be, like, she was still a woman. She was very, like... But this is, this is another thing with the Pirates movies in general. It's really weird. Like, we're talking about, like, historical accuracy and stuff. Like, they 
they tend too much for some they almost every movie they tend to bring up like the fact that it's like oh woman's bad luck on a ship oh you're gonna let a woman pilot your ship or whatever mm-hmm. like captain your ship in this mm-hmm. movie i'm just like it makes more sense in context of this movie but like in general it's just like i don't know isn't this stuff all fake like why do you have to bring that up like why can't there just be yeah. like awesome like women pirates which there it, were in history also there were yeah so y- you gotta look at marketing you gotta have look. You have to look into the grand scheme of things. You gotta look into what's the grandest appeal. If your movie is going to come across as being a little woke, um, and you're not offending anybody, you're going to have a broader overall audience, and you're gonna be naturally gonna say, "Oh yeah, that movie like exactly like us. We're commenting on this movie about its wokeness, and that the fact is we're being, uh, for lack of better words, aroused to talk about it, and we're explaining that, and now we're." Like, you know, we're putting this movie in a good light. So, in a way, all these factors when making these decisions or these creative decisions for these movies, you you just got to think at the end of the day, there's money to be made and there's marketing. And you need to uh, expand uh, expand your appeal to as many audiences as possible to sell as yeah. many tickets. Uh, that's how I always look at movies because, I mean, it like, you can look at a movie and you're like, oh, that movie has the potential to be the best fucking shit ever, like Jurassic Park. And then... <laughs> All these decisions are like, oh, we got to appeal to this. We got to appeal to that. We got to appeal yeah. to this. We got to throw in some advertising. It fucking, you know, shits on everything. And then it's – that's one thing that I always remember. Like some directors have issues with like just creative decisions because sometimes their hand gets forced by the producers because the producers have to tailor to other entities who are saying, oh, you got to advertise this. You got to put this. You got to do that, right? And they're like, oh, you can't have a woman do this or it's just not going to appeal to the right audience. We're trying to target adult 50 to 60-year-old men so we want to throw in like some women who's more appealing and less challenging of them right like i always look at it that way because that is truly like the film world is you're trying to appeal to as many audiences as possible and some of them are very xenophobic and racist and Mm -hmm. that's what sells but uh, Uh, but yeah that's like the biggest like that's why i'm like hypercritical of it i guess because it's like been an excuse for a really long time, like with like the Marvel movies and stuff. I guess like Kevin Feige wanted to make Black Panther a lot earlier, but uh, Pearl Mutter, who's like in the head of like marketing for like action figures and stuff for Marvel, he's just like, oh no, we can't. Like nobody's gonna want to see that. So it's just like been like an excuse for such a long time in Hollywood, and it's like finally turning around. So it's just like I don't know, it's just like it doesn't shouldn't matter if it's like a three hundred. Like I know you need a big investment back, but. There's a bunch of really bad blockbusters as it is. Like, I don't know. Just try to appeal to more people in in a way that's inclusive (laughs) instead of... um, I mean, like, I'm not arguing against you or anything. It's just, like, I get, like... It's just frustrating when they're just, like, oh, like... Yeah, it's interesting that they tried, but it didn't really go anywhere. But it's also not, like, the only problem in this movie. It's kind of like they didn't go anywhere with any part of this movie. So it's not, like... They didn't do a particularly bad job here. They did, like, a bad job in general, so... I feel like they played it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, they played it. That's it, it, fine. Everything's very half committed. I feel like there's so many moments where they like they can punch the accelerator and commit to something, but they just they just don't. And this it's a this movie is like a bunch of sequence of them not committing to a certain thing. Definitely, like a hundred percent Connery. And two, I want to add to the point: this movie could have been made without the other sideline stories. The story could yeah. have been just about Jacks. Right problem with salazar and jack's finding his way of breaking that curse but instead we have this oh i want to free my dad from the david jones ship and then now uh, oh i am trying to 
Uh, I'm trying what, to find my her... dad. I'm trying to like, figure out who I am. We don't even like, figure out who I am. know about the Barbosa stuff until like the third act. And it's like all of a sudden like thrown yeah. Which us. was, what? I, 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 like I said, it's a lot of those half-ass like thoughts of like, oh, this is going to be like that big, ooh, moment. Like, oh my God, that's her daughter. I'm like, uh-huh, we haven't seen that one before. Yeah. <laughs> it was very right. predictable. Uh, but I thought it was, in a way, it wasn't, borderline like cheesy it was still okay yeah. for them to use that and I'm kind of glad they did because it gave her a little bit of purpose and also Barbosa was kind of like oh which is two things right he was happy but kind of like astonished that like oh god like that's her right now that's my daughter we don't have time to explore that but to me I want to keep that to myself now had Barbosa been to Star Island before like was was that or you just find that book and he was like this is a cute thing to give to like the child I'll never know. Yeah, it was it was something that he had, uh, and there was I don't think it was really explored, um, but it it was kind of like those like kind of like oh we just said it it's part of the movie so just roll with it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they could go back and explore that more, but at that point you're kind of just I don't know. They probably they just didn't to. have time to go back. They with probably the, wanted I, to. Yeah. With the, the, with the like the sixth Johnny Depp movie of like yeah. exploring her legacy of like what that means. I like but. the I- mm-hmm. idea of. Uh, Barbosa's like character in this because it's like he starts the movie on the Queen Anne's Revenge. He has like a whole fleet. He has like eleven ships. He's like totally decked out the Queen Anne's Revenge, which used to be Blackbeard's ship. It's like full of gold and like skulls. <laughs> his entire like inner room is like his captain's cabin is like full of skulls on the outside too. He's just like I. He's just like a super pirate lord, and it's like all like pimped out. And it's like I don't know. It's just a really cool boat. Yeah, it's sick. And uh, he's kind of gotten everything he's ever wanted out of being a pirate, but he's, I guess, not totally satisfied. And he finds, like, true satisfaction out of finding his daughter in a way. But it's just, it's not executed well at all. But I still like it because I like Barbosa. And I don't know. It makes you feel good. You make an interesting point because if you look at Barbosa's all, like, throughout storyline, throughout all the movies, you know, at first he was cursed and then the that the compass kind of I, I don't think the compass was introduced in the first movie I wasn't it is sure. it is okay but in the end of this movie even though barboza has been through being uh, uh cursed pirates and commanding um he's been through a lot a <laughs> yeah he's been through a lot he even like gave up pirate life and he went and worked with the yeah. british he became a, a privateer, privateer. Mm-hmm. like he done all that that's because you know what he loves treasure he wants his treasure that's all he wants because that's what gives him like that well that's what he believes is what's important it gives to him, him like meaning but i at guess the very end of the movie mm-hmm, at the very end of this movie when he's holding the compass and it reveals that what he really wanted this whole time his inner peace his inner happiness out of everything that he wanted because that's the first time i think he actually looks at the compass and it actually tells him where he needs to go and it's his daughter and that's when he's like he's probably been having that like guilt trip for a minute from the very first movie about like i can't believe i was not man enough and i left those that that uh that quote-unquote potential family behind and then i went and pursued the pirate life of my own selfish needs and i i keep trying to get treasure and treasure and do anything that i can to get more treasure but i'm still like something is not right in me i'm still not happy i'm still not satisfied and it wasn't until this very end of the movie you can analyze it of him committing sacrifice to save his daughter and yeah, to take and, down and, this and man. And what, is, what does he even his... call her, Geronimo, in, in his last moment when she says, what, I am, what am I to you? Mm-hmm. And he says, your treasure. And then yeah, he, treasure. he sacrifices himself. Yeah. Yeah. His ultimate treasure. 
And then Captain T comes by and says, sings, you can't always get what you want. But you mm-hmm. find sometime yep. you get you what have... you need. Because but but he's yeah. in the Rolling Stones. Get it? Yep. Oh, I don't you get, get it. I'm sorry. Lame. Right. Everybody it. else probably gets it. I know if Jacob listens to this episode, he's going to be like, this dumbass. Jacob's like <laughs> slapping his knee. He's laughing so hard. I think we got Barbosa covered. I also wrote down oh, yeah. Barbosa Pa or Dad Bosa. Those are the names I gave him. But... <laughs> I think, speaking of Jacob and speaking of witch witchery earlier, we need to do a type five on the slime witch. Sure. The actress who plays her is Golshifta Farahani, who is in Extraction, another movie we talked about. I thought I recognized her. There yeah. it is. And Jacob, I'm sure, was like, you didn't know that? If we didn't bring it up. <laughs> I thought she should have served as Karina's nemesis throughout this movie. It's science versus magic. It would have been really good and would have given Karina something to do. There's only enough room for like so many storylines in one two and a half hour movie, man. You're you're like, you're right. You're so, right. So That's much. why she's totally so unnecessary. Much. But the first time you see her, she's just drinking like a cup of Nickelodeon slime. That's why we keep calling her the slime witch. Oh. And she has like all these tattoos on her face, like all around, and she's bald and stuff. And I was watching it with Lily, and she said, "It's the most amount of effort ever put into a movie character that does absolutely nothing." Like, but but that's exposition. the thing, though. It's like, uh, how how else would have they ran the movie? How else would have they gotten that far? So the, why did they result to, like, oh, we're just going to have a witch that's going to be working. We're just going to have a witch that is going to do all this stuff. She's a literal plot device. That's all she is. It's cool, yeah. but, like, so, like maybe get them from well point said, A to Connery. point B. Make her, like, less mm-hmm. cool, I guess, in a way, because she's, yeah. she's just some random person. She's so stylized and cool that you're like, all right, give me more. She's like the Boba Fett of this movie. Yeah. It's true. So I guess we could yeah. just criticize Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not go. We don't have enough yeah. time for that. <laughs> but I, I liked her. Johnny Depp's weird ass baby body comments. Thoughts? Wait, uh, what? When he's a his child. His heart doesn't seem in this one. And he looks like a monster as, as the weird CGI child, yes. Wait. I don't remember. Oh, you mean like uh, Jack Sparrow, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Like as a child. Uh, he didn't look that bad. I don't, His I head is huge, Geronimo. <laughs> I think really? you're like horrified. I'm going to Google this real yeah, quick. I think you should. Yeah, Tyler, send her the picture you sent me because he looks like terrifying. Oh, yeah. I could see why his like face, his mouth is like, mm, yeah, like it, a little like it's not it's not equal in proportion. He looks wrong. We don't have that Avengers technology yet. He has like a puckery mouth. It's really weird. I, I don't get it. If if freaking Snapchat could do it, how the fuck did we're not able to do it? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> how did they? Because literally all they did, just by looking at these images, all they did is they took his photo, his face, right? And they recorded him normally. And then they just went with like this this morph tool and just went, bloop. And that's it. And they call it a day. And then just removed his blemishes and made him look like, like he still looks beautiful. Hey, I got, I think. We're pretty close to wrapping this up. I think you got some really, like, all the main things that are actually important. Like, I don't know. We talked a lot more in depth about this movie than I thought we would. Um, Mm -hmm. Geronimo, thanks to, like, your actual insight. I was just going to complain about a bunch of, like, (laughs) minor things. But you actually Thanks for fixing (laughs) the lore of this movie. Yeah, you made the movie more interesting. Hey, 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 I disclaimer, this is just my perception, yeah. my unique perception that this is what I thought because you got to remember, I'm not a movie buff. I'm not like looking oh. at, oh, Bardem is doing this. No, I look at Jack Sparrow. I look at Salazar. I look at all the, I look at these characters not as 
actors and what they've done in the past but more of like in the movie story and that's one thing that i always loved about having a conversation with jacob and with any of you guys is because you guys are so uh actually a lot of filmmakers and a lot of film people are so used to like like they're so well at like oh that's that actor and that's that actor yeah he played that guy and this guy that way and i'm just like uh that's hermione and that will always be hermione <laughs> to me so yeah. i don't know who this other girl is um and that's She'll never why I guess be some... the girl in a Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's still Hermione to me. I'm kidding. No. no, no. At that point, it's a different character. But Hermione is like so unique. Like yeah. I, her face, you can't. It, it's her. It's her iconic role. I, I, I think we're, I think we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> oh! the most dispassionate closer I've ever heard. Goodbye. No. Um, I, I, hey, my biggest complaint of this movie. Uh, Barbosa does not eat a green apple. He eats some like candied thing. And you know who does yeah. eat a green apple? Salazar. Yeah. Wait, I don't get it. Uh, Jerome, you gotta be deep in that pirate's lore to yeah. know that Barbosa only eats green apples. He wants a bushel. Really? He wants a bushel full of apples when he's not cursed anymore. And he, uh, it's a reoccurring oh. thing he does throughout his time alive. He always eats green apples. He loves them. You're right. You know that ring a bell because in the last movie on Stranger Ties, Barbosa, when he's in the commander in the English ship, he's eating apples. Mm-hmm. And they're getting Salzar. I didn't know that. Salzar really blows cool. up his fleet and like kills his uh, sailors and steals his his one like definable thing. Really, is eating apples and he takes it from him off screen. <laughs> Pretty rude. Yes, he does. Wow, I didn't catch that. It's it's really important, Geronimo. <laughs> so you need to know these things. Yeah, I, I love deep, how that was your part. biggest. Yeah, <laughs> that's my biggest complaint. <laughs> uh, and like to summarize Bardem's performance overall, I would say he's very much like Raul Julia in Street Fighter the movie because it's like a really, really like powerful performance and something that doesn't deserve it at all. Ah, <laughs> oh, um, to that I could probably agree on. Yeah. But to me, he told this character. I personally liked yeah, it. Yeah, he's really good. Um, I just. I wanted more of him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he should have shot lava out of his hands. Yeah, so I want that charcoal to turn to flame. Should... You want there's a moment in this movie, I will say, in his introduction sequence where he's like boarding the ship and he's walking towards the guy and he's like, What are you? And he chokes him to death with that thing that's really lame and he snaps his neck. To show he's a ghost instead of phasing through the bars, which Davy Jones has already done, it kind of lost its wow factor for me. He should have like mm-hmm. reached his hand into that guy's head and just like crushed his Jeez. brain or something and then just like taking it out and be like be like death and it's like ooh that's scary that's new we haven't had somebody phase through somebody's head before that's creepy that he should have been like a uh, lava god from moana or whatever moana oh. yeah uh, you're one of the fantastic four yeah <laughs> flame on, <laughs> flame on. He should have been on fire at some point during this movie. That oh, would have been God. sick as hell if he was just like, spout on his like fire burst out of him. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Like fucking Inside Out. Yeah. Yeah, like fucking Inside <laughs> Out. You're ruining it. Oh, oh man. All right. <laughs> What's your ranking of all the Pirates movies, Geronimo? Did you just watch all of them or recently? I've seen all of them, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, The first one. Like ranking from like my like least to your f- my favorite to the least. Yeah, one through uh, five. Least, yeah. What's your favorite to your least favorite? One, my least favorite is definitely going to be on Stranger Ties because it was just unfortunately not cut right. 
Unfortunately, mm. it wasn't cut right. It was just really long. It did not have to be two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, it's very but long. Is that mainly the thing, like, the overall powerful. length? Or is it, like, the scenes are weird, too? Or, like... Uh, no, it had plenty of potential. Yeah. It's just that they just... The, the, I think the editor... Whoever the editors were on this movie just did went very lazy. Like, they were just cut to cut to cut to cut to cut to cut instead of, like, being more active and trying to really build their characters, like, through the editing. Yeah. Because um, that's what movies are. It's all about the... It's a lot of editing. You sell it through the editing. But that was my least favorite one. Uh, my second to least favorite... I would say, unfortunately, like, all the other ones I'm okay with. I would say the second movie might have been... No, no, no. The first movie might have been my second to least favorite just no. because it was the first no. one. It was good then. <laughs> That's the best one. But, but it was... No! Kyle Driver on but it, Tyler. No, but, but, but here's the thing. It was... Okay, you know what? Uh, let me change that. No, it's the fine. You don't need movie, to change it. I'm sorry. One, it's your opinion. No, because I'm seeing differently, but okay, fine. I'll stick to my original Yeah, uh, drama, please. The, 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 se- the first movie, unfortunately, because it is the first movie, and the and then the other ones that follow were just so much more interesting, so much more funner. Because they got the first one is always the hardest. They made an impression, and then they stuck it, and then they just built more on top of it. And that's what makes the other ones a lot more engaging because they learn, oh, wow, we could have gone a lot further with this. Now that we have the budget, let's go further. Let's go further. Let's go higher. Let's go bigger, right? Um, and that's why the sec- the first movie is my second to least favorite. My mid-tier would definitely be uh, this latest one. Um because it was there were some character flaws in there that some extra storylines that didn't need to be there. Yeah. Uh, they could have just gone streamlined and made it fun with Jack Sparrow and Salazar and fucking throw the trident if you want, but don't make me think about your fucking relationship with this mother. I don't fucking care. Like I want to. I'm I'm here for pirates. I'm not here for a love story. Yeah. Um. Sec. Uh, my second favorite is going to be. Uh, the first of the David Jones line, and oh, of course the last chest. one would be the third. Yeah, the very last one, the Dead Man Test No Chest, like the whole like fucking throw in um uh what it what is it called? Like they bring all the pirates come together. Oh, to, you're like, talking about World's him. End? Is that the very? That's the third one. Yeah, the third one is my most favorite one because it was just the ending to just the the first like it, it was like it was a story that needed to be told i love david jones final characterization the fact that he could feel like how he would look at the heart and then the music that would trigger him uh-huh. that a lot was just so deep inside human psyche because at the end he was resort he was still being so um responsive to a lot of the human triggers yeah, he was because heartbroken. At the end, he was still he was heartbroken he was still human he was just a monster and cursed mm-hmm. and to me that was just beautiful like just this melody too like the score just sold mm-hmm. it and at that point i was like ah great pirates of the caribbean that's awesome then the fourth one came out like, okay <laughs> <laughs> that's it and then the fifth one came out with the salazar guy which i could relate i'm like okay they did a little bit better but you know i think the third movie was like their peak so one interesting thing so you your yours is three Two, four, one, five. No, four is his least favorite. Yes. No, just go from favorite to least favorite, Connor. I, I did. I you, did you three. Yeah, three. Three, and then two. Two. And then uh, your third favorite was... Uh, five. Shoot. Three, two, and then... Five. Then three, it was a uh, four. Okay, oh, on. yeah, five, you're right. No, three, five. So three, three, two, five, two, one, four. Five. Three, two, five, one, four. <laughs> Three two five four. Three two five four. Three two five one four. You all heard him. It, it, it's an it's interesting setup you got there, drama. I like it. 
it's just my you know my personal preferences, and yeah. I'm not a hardcore movie buff. It's just the how in the dare ways you? Of entertainment that's what entertain me the most. Yeah, one one I would argue you you are very much a movie buff, and two you are entitled to your own opinion, and I I like it. I think it's good. You're a movie buff, and you're a movie buff. Yeah. Ah, dude, I just got fat in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, so we, all did. Uh, we all did. We all did. Oh my god. I love it. <laughs> Can't wait to shred it off. Me too, dude. Me too. Connery, what's your ranking? Oh, me? All right, fine. Um, I'm going to re- rejigger some things a little bit. Jeromo brought the uh, urge to be myself out of me. So, Like the greatest I, uh, showman? <laughs> like the greatest showman does to everyone who ever watches it. I'm going to say my number one is Dead Man's Chest. For the monsters, for the beautiful music, I think it's amazing. Wait, you're number five? My no, my my top pick. I'm going. I'm going from favorite to least favorite because that's how I can get yeah. better in my head. Your number. Wait. Um, yeah, your number. My, okay, so number, your number so one's number Dead one. Man's Chest. Number one, Dead Man's Chest. Number two, I'm gonna say is the first Pirates. Number three is gonna be Pirates Three, because that's that's also funny. Um, my fourth favorite is gonna be the one with Salazar. Um, Dead Man Tell Little Tales, and the last rank I'm gonna have uh on Stranger Tides. I think everybody can agree Stranger's Tides was probably the worst one. I mean, it it, it just was not good. Yeah. Tyler, uh, how And I can like? see your choices, too. I actually kind of like that, too. I could see it that way as well. Tyler? Okay, so... What, what are your favorites? Crystal Black Pearl is, like, is definitely my favorite. It's, a, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, like, a legitimately, like, really well-made movie that has a story that makes sense. And yes. it's a lot of fun. All the characters are fun. Introduction of everybody, like... Feels pretty organic. No, Geronimo's making an emoji at me. <laughs> I just, and then it just totally veers off into something different. A dead man's chest. It comes something completely like otherwise. I don't know. Uh, okay, Crystal Black Pearl, first movie, is my favorite. Number mm-hmm. two, I guess At World's End, because the first half is really boring, but the second half is actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> and like with Davy Jones, like the whole sword fight yeah. with uh, Jack is really good. I love all that. Um, this is tough. I think I don't know. I guess I. Uh, You're really gonna rank Dead Man's Chest below on Stranger Tides and the fifth one? I don't know. I really don't like Dead Man's Chest, but wow, the effects are really good for that time. They're really good, but I. I guess, okay, I don't know. On Stranger Tides, I like some of it still. Like, I don't know why. Whenever I watch, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really bad. But when I go back and think about it, I'm like, oh, this sounds fun, but it's not. <laughs> go with your pity, then. I'm, I'm not going to sully you. Yeah, anymore. I'm going to have to go think, one, three, four, two, five. <gasps> because I just like this. I like the London stuff in the beginning of the movie. It, it like... I like the first ten minutes probably of of on Stranger Ties and then it like falls apart. Oh, I, I like the first ten yeah. minutes of two hours and thirty minutes. Okay, and everything else. Is <laughs> yeah, <shit>. exactly. <laughs> I love you, man. It's too I'm long. <laughs> well, let's just go to show how the other ones aren't that good either. Like I don't know. Like the fifth one is a total mess. I like that Barbosa's in it more, but I also like that Barbosa has uh booze in his in his peg leg in the fourth peg one. leg. <laughs> that was cool. Oh, and you love cool. Johnny Depp flinging himself across palm trees. I think Johnny Depp's trying more in the fourth one. I feel like he's really just not giving any performance in this movie. Like, it's not. Oh, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So I guess mine is one, three, four, five, two. And my, mine might, aside from the first movie being first, is probably the most frustrating. 
Because <laughs> I don't know. It's just really hard to look back at these movies because they're just like, I don't know. I love the first one, and then everything after that is kind of just. I dislike different things about them. It's a departure. And, 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 yeah, and that's understandable because it's the first one that makes the first impression. It's the first it, welcome to the universe, and everything else is just based off the first one. And everything on top of that is based on the previous. It's Yeah, but it's like the second and third movie are like something totally different. It's like barely based on the first one, it just veers off into something else. I agree. Um, they are very different movies from the first because the first one was very like tailored specifically to get as much audience. But this one, I feel like this, the reason why probably, Tyler, you might be feeling a little detached from those other two movies and why they're so different is because they tried different things. Because if it was just – if they kept going with the same feel of the first one, it that's usually what tanks the sequels usually a sequel tanks because it's the same as the first one and nothing really happened so they the i could see why they went with a different direction that actually is kind of what got me was because the first one was like oh yeah that was great i'm in the universe now they're like whoa two-part movie this story cliffhanger they included a bunch of other stuff maybe a little got a little bit more gory um yeah it goes like and that's just how you keep entertained totally bonkers like overboard and Mm -hmm. it's all about like MacGuffins and like plot and there's like a legacy now and suddenly everyone's really important and it's like oh you don't know about this thing and like all this stuff happening oh the pirate convention (laughs) the gathering of the juggalos just like just calm down everybody like just tell me like a good story first before you tell me all this lore like I don't need to care about this lore stuff because I sound Maybe this is like, like the Joe. The first this one. has become like the Joe Rogan podcast or something. It's like shouting <laughs> about Tyler. pirates. It's, I almost it's thought you were the, the Joker podcast. Oh, so I was no. Like, oh no! You got to remember, at the end of the day, it's just a franchise. It's just a franchise. Should I dress as Todd Phillips for Halloween? I don't see why you shouldn't. I mean, sure, no one's gonna see you. We're all gonna be at home. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Let's have a Halloween. Let's just send each other Venmo dollars. Let's everybody just send for Halloween. Let's send each other a, a trick or treat Venmo dollar. Right, that sounds like fun. I'm gonna that way. Actually, I'll be done. I'm gonna tell everyone that I was Todd Phillips for Halloween, and uh, Connor, you can be the director of Green Book. Um, sure. Are we just going as disgraced directors? <laughs> I don't know if they're disgraced. He won an Oscar. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Just like random directors, directors who have like done things that are just not that important to the cultural zeitgeist i don't know i don't know sorry for getting sorry for getting stressed about pirates uh i'm glad people like all of them you're stressed but the first one is really good he's having a mental breakdown because you didn't rank the first one as a top (laughs) scene no it's fine i want everyone for when we get to blade runner imagine this triple fold when we get to blade runner i have a question Sure. Oh, sorry, Tyler. Go ahead. I didn't mean to no, interrupt go ahead. you. It's hard to do that now over Zoom. I was going to say, for the next franchise, can we review the Tom, uh, the Lara Croft movies? I would love to be included there. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be fun. Speaking of our next franchise, <gasps> I have to, the franchise gods are telling me what to watch. Wait, have you guys done the Rush Hour 2? Not yet. Oh, uh, We haven't done Rush Hour yet, no. Hey. Made by disgraced Ooh. director Brett Ratner. This <laughs> <laughs> is not disgraced. I feel bad for saying that now. No, Brett Ratner's disgraced. He was like, uh, oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, then oh, never mind. Fine. Retract what I said. Yeah. He's disgraced. 
Hey, dude, guess what number I'm thinking of? Uh, 69? Uh, hey, dude, guess what franchise I'm thinking of? Uh, Bill and Ted, dude! Oh, dude! We're doing yeah. Bill and Ted next! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I put down the trash can of the gods. We're doing Bill and Ted next. Next week's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, followed by Bill and Ted's Bogus Ooh. Journey, followed by Bill and Ted Face the Music. The newest edition Ooh. coming out to VOD because all of the movie theaters are closed. <laughs> but we're still going to cover it. Sorry, it's not Lara Croft, Geronimo. But I do want to do Lara Croft because I, I, I like those movies. I, I haven't seen movies. a single one, so I'd be excited to watch them. <gasps> Let's do it. Uh, sign me up. I'm available. I'm home. I would love to do that. And if we're going to do the Cheech and Chong tube, I would love to do a Cheech and Chong one. Mm. How many are there? There's like 20 Cheech and Chong movies. That'd be pretty good. Oh, God. Up in Smoke is one of my favorite ones. I should have just started that in the beginning of quarantine. Just been high this whole time. Nobody cares. I'm at home. Just dressed like Todd Phillips. <laughs> you you mean you haven't been? Because, like girl, Todd I've been getting lit like every single day. It's my vacation at home. I'm like, mm-mm. I used to get just makes a little too tipsy every day of quarantine. I kind of stopped doing that for a while. Hey, man. Like, I, I personally vouch for – I would much rather just smoke a little or just eat an edible instead of than just drinking alcohol because alcohol mm-hmm. just makes me fit. I agreed. That's why I but found I it was doing it. to me. And I'm like, I think you got to lay off this. Besides drinking during quarantine, Geronimo, do you have anything to plug? Plug? I don't know. Like, your Instagram or – Oh, promote. Stomach. <laughs> plug ooh unless all the other plot line holes that we had on all these movies that we just talked about yeah. I don't think so I have nothing to plug but um, uh, is this something that I say about myself or something yeah if you have a business you'd like to plug anything you're doing right now you want people to follow you on Instagram or website we're, we're quite the influencers so oh, we'll, we'll increase gotcha. your follow- <laughs> oh, well, thank you <laughs> well uh uh, thank you guys for having me so much. This was a lot of fun, and for being. Uh, thanks for allowing me to come into your podcast. I had a great first experience doing a podcast. I'm excited to see Yay. the final outcome. Thank uh, you, my name is Geronimo Moran. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you guys. Um, I am a va- uh, I'm a video editor. I'm working uh, here in uh, Southern California. Anywhere you need me, if you find me out there, I'll be there, baby. Um, <laughs> but um, you should also, you know, I also like to promote my friends. You know promote equality promote racial justice and let's all fight the power of uh, oppression that we're all facing in this moment um and also shout out to my boyfriend's page he is a hairstylist he's you know he's a great hairstylist so if you got hair and you need a cut look him up he has a business at at a tiny piece of euphoria on instagram follow him message him if you're in southern california he'll give you a cut but at the end um i'm very thankful for you guys this was a lot of fun um i'm sorry if i spoke too much i'm oh, very talkative sometimes I guess. But and everyone's wash out, your hands. We're supposed to, it's good to talk to wash people. Your ha- I know. Yeah. I know. Like, wa- Watch your hands. Stay at home. Quote, unquote, in quotations. Just don't be stupid, bitch. Just don't be stupid. <laughs> get it together. That's what we got to do. But y- thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you to the future editor of The Matrix 5, Geronimo Moran. Ooh. Thank you to Patrick for cutting my hair because I had long hair for, I don't know, four years or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he gave me the confidence to get a new haircut. With his skills. Um, Connery, what do you have to plug? If you enjoy the sound of my voice and you also enjoy tabletop role-playing games, you should check out Starship Impala. It's hosted by me and four other amazing friends. 
and we play Starfinder. And there's over 100 hours of content just waiting for you to devour. So check us out. Nice. Follow us at FranchisePod on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, email us at thefranchisepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, a certain franchise you want us to cover. Uh, I think that's all I was going to say. What was I going to say after that? Oh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Twained, T-W-A-Y-N-E-D. And and follow him on his LED one, the one with the neon. lights. Yeah, uh, neon apothecary. Follow me at neon underscore yeah. apothecary. I post pictures of neon signs that I take on my uh, on my uh, iPhone 6S. <laughs> How do you spell that? Apotha what? Apotha what? Horologist. What? Horologist. <laughs> A-P-O-T-C. <laughs> Wait, no. Fuck. A-P-O-T-H-E-C-E. <laughs> C-A-R-Y. You tricked me, Geronimo. Thank you to Grayson Hansen for our artwork, and thank you to Nick Paverka for our music. And on that note, like Uncle Jack once said, Jackie boy! (laughs) A skeleton walks into a bar. He orders a beer and a mop. Ah! 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 On that note, you guys, don't forget to vote. November. Let's all do it. Let's vote. Yeah. Pirates won. We're president.